You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast with its season 11, episode 56. Uh, and you get that right because last week I made a big deal about the fact that me saying episodes and actually got the episode number wrong. So it's definitely 56 tonight. Uh, I'm John, I'm your host for this evening, and we've got something that we've liked to do um, from time to time, which is a fan special. And I'm pleased to announce we've got returning fan from the Premiership preview and mid-season review, Andy on. How you doing, Andy? Good evening, John. I'm keeping well. How about yourself? Yeah, doing good. I think the sunshine's helping. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Both both in Belfast and in uh, or sorry, in Northern Ireland and in Scotland. It's it's a very rare thing to see, but uh, very welcome as well. Yes, it's a pleasant surprise when we see it. However, I think yeah, by the time this podcast goes out, I think the weather's to get worse and there's snow expected by the end of the week. So, I typical UK weather. Yeah. Even in <laughs> April, we're going to get snow potentially. Um, so yeah, we've got you back on from the two podcasts here on the season and we've been keen to get you back on to do a fan special um, obviously we had to rearrange just looking at a different situation so I think just to kick off um, the, the main thing is how did you get into Sporting Rangers? Well for, first of all just before I answer that can I, can I just say thank you very much for having me back on I know I've been on uh, two previous times and uh, it's always great to come on the uh, the best, the best non-Rangers podcast in, in the UK. So uh, again, thanks very much for, for having us on. What do you mean best non-Rangers? It's just the best podcast. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have to say that. <laughs> you said to me, you said to me you don't listen to podcasts, really? Just Rangers ones. Now and again. <laughs> now and again. <laughs> yeah, so, so how I started supporting Rangers, well... I didn't really have much of a choice uh, because my dad, just sent, ever ever since I was born, I was sort of uh, show, showing the way, so to speak, uh, to, to support Rangers. Um, I remember my, my dad. My dad always told me the story, and I do remember it as well. Uh, Rangers Rangers had a sort of a Rangers news, as in a, a newspaper, mm-hmm. uh, that came out in 1971, and I was born in 1989. So my dad got every single issue from from what came out in 1971, and uh, it first came out like a sort of newspaper newspaper broadsheet type yeah, style yeah. of my of paper, and I remember being when I was a toddler trying to walk, I would have went over, and uh, he was reading the the Rangers news, and I was trying to pull out pull out the Rangers news to to get it. So ever since then, he started buying two. Every week, one one for me, which I no chance of reading and stuff like that. But Aye. just it was a collection for me to start, and then I started getting the the, the baby kits as as well, and just that's where the sort of the uh, you know uh, started in, in life as uh, supporting Rangers. I so I obviously Rangers news like it's well known here in terms of being like the the best fanzine for Rangers news. Um, I think it has been for a long time. So has your dad got every single issue since it started? Yeah. So as I said, it was out nineteen seventy one. I think just before the cup, or yeah, just before the cup winners' cup final, 
um, that's, that's just the, the previous year. And uh, it stopped in 2010, 11 season, and then sort of went towards a magazine. It did, it did go to Rangers Monthly and stuff as well during that time in the, in the mid-90s, but he has every issue. And they're in the correct order from the first week it was out till the very last week it stopped. So, um, I, I mean, as you may, may uh, hear as we go on, that I'm passionate about the club, but that's where I get it from. All, all stems from my dad. Aye, that'll be worth a fortune, that collection. It will be, but uh, he, he has uh, made me promise that whenever he does um, move on, uh, in, in later years that uh, the, the collection will then come to me and uh, there's not to be sold oh, yeah. no definitely <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's almost like priceless isn't it much, yeah. much as to a collector that may want to buy it they would pay lots of money but to a fan having stuff like that and we, we see now there's not as much printed media so it is it's invaluable yeah, absolutely. And just before I forget, in terms of the, the memorabilia, I'm just saying that my dad, with the injured users and stuff, uh, he, he got a scarf, I think it was in 1963, and it was uh, the Rangers sort of yellow and gold lion uh, with, a, with a white fringes at the bottom, although he cut the white fringes off. And he had that scarf in 1963, 64 era, and... Um, I sort of plucked up the courage a couple of years ago to ask him, uh, could I could I have it so I could wear the games? Yeah. Uh, he admitted defeat and gave in and, and has given it to me, so I, I wear it with pride uh, when I take it to the games now. That's so superb. It's a thing I've got from him earlier than I should have, but it's, uh, yeah, it was a great, great gift to, to receive on one of my birthdays. I love football, football memorabilia. Do you collect programmes as well? Or do you buy programs? Um, I've I've got lots of programs from from when I was a kid and stuff. Um, I don't really buy the programs now as much. I buy them I buy them every game, but I buy one for my dad. So and again, he's every game he's at or every game I've been at, unless it's uh, Hamden. It's just home programs he collects. So uh, he's got a good collection. But me, not not really anymore. Why so you can pass them on? If yeah. Was, if, uh, actually, on that subject, see if there was one program you could have in history or Rangers football, what would it be? Oh, that's that's a great question. One program. Yeah. For historic reasons, um, possibly. Oh, it 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 would be a tie, and. I think it would be the the nineteen seventy two Cup Winners Cup final from from Barcelona. Yeah. Or that would probably be the one. Or in, in terms of uh, keeping for memory's sake, the the game against um, game against Celtic in in nineteen seventy one when the uh, the Ibrox disaster happened up at Ibrox, and mm. um, possibly that. Just in terms of, it was obviously a, an awful, awful uh, day and, and mm-hmm. disaster. And what what surrounded that? And uh, just sort of to have as a, I, I still remember. I wasn't around. That was before my time. But just to sort of keep as a, as a keepsake and memory of of the the game that day. 
But if if chosen if they choose one, it would probably be the the Cup Winners Cup final in nineteen seventy two. Yeah, I remember like again, I'm kind of too young for obviously kind of what happened, but I've heard many stories from people that have been at were at the game um, and how lucky they were to actually make it home. But back in those days, obviously, we're not as lucky as we are now in terms of you get your mobile to check and see are you all right. There was like families not knowing whether sons or daughters or husbands or wives, whatever, were they coming home or they not. And there was a guy I used to talk to quite regularly, and he said, um, I don't know where it was his mum, uh, and she was obviously, where is he? Is he going to come back? Is he going to come back? And see, eventually, when he came back through the door, like this, that sense of relief um, that they must, that family must have had when you think of what other families went through. It's, uh, it doesn't bear thinking about, as, we've, as everyone always says, no one uh, should ever go to football and not come home, uh, regardless of what team people support. Um, it's just tragic. No, I, I agree. And as, and as you say, that in terms of the technology, it, it was, you know, I don't think many people had actual telephones rather than there was no mobile phones and stuff like that communication. So you had to basically wait until the, the, your your family member came back to the house and, and this, it would have been a lot more popular to go to the, the pub and stuff with mates mm-hmm. back then and news would have felt through to people as quick. So, yeah, tragedy. Um, for a lot of families but as you say nobody uh, should ever go to uh, their, their work football uh, wherever and, and not come home yeah um, see can I just go on to the can I grow up in supporting Rangers then do you remember your first game yeah so um, my first my first actual memory I don't think you'll like this one my first actual memory <laughs> is this the start is this, where, is this how it started Andy like well, I have it, oh, five minutes in we were texting a while ago and, and I said I could try and keep it to minimum. But my first actual memory was the 1992-93 Scottish Cup final. Oh, come on. At Hamden, we beat Aberdeen 2-1. And uh, Neil Murray and Mark Haley scored that day. That was my first memory of, of seeing it on TV and, and seeing uh, Rangers win a trophy. My first my first actual game was a lot, a lot of people sort of say I have something wrong with me in terms of uh, remembering people's birthdays or anniversaries for, for Rangers games happening on that date. My first Rangers <laughs> game was uh, the 1st of October 1994 against Dundee United. And I sat in the Copeland Road end and uh, travelled on a wee minibus from uh, just down the road from here. A minibus left, I think, about half five in the morning. And we got the half seven boat from Belfast to Stranraer. Right, okay, I it might actually be Lauren from Stranraer. Um and I got that took that minibus down to the game and, and, and then the same journey back straight after the game. But the first game done the United a two 0 win two 0 win, sorry. Mark Hitley missed the penalty and he scored one that day and Brian Loudrup scored. And I, I sort of remember the goal and I've seen it a lot of times after picks the ball in the halfway line, he beats two, three, four players and smashes it into the roof of the net. And that was that was my first game. Uh, I remember getting them, I always remember Rangers having like a bar of chocolate, milk chocolate with blue and white wrapper. And I still maintain it's the best chocolate I've ever had. <laughs> and and that company that made the chocolate are no longer around. They they're they're sold up or whatever happened. 
But that's my memories from from my first game being at being at Ibrooks. So what age were you then? I was five. So five. I was then, yeah. So in terms of like when you grew up and start first started watching Rangers, you got the glory years in terms of that year. Because if even in terms of you were saying about the first game you remember watching on TV, that mm-hmm. 92, 93 season, I mean it's definitely up there with Rangers best ever seasons. And it could have been even so much better if it wasn't for the situation with Marseille. Yeah, definitely very, very lucky, as as are other many Rangers fans. Who grew up around that era, you know, the, the nine in the row era, as it's uh, deemed, uh, the success Rangers had, the players they, they had from from Scotland or Britain, and, and the players they brought in in terms of the likes of Lardrup and, and, and other foreign players that came later on. I was very, very lucky to, to grow up watching such uh, successful teams and, and sides in that era. See, in terms of obviously at that point, right, so 92, 93, you'll be a bit too young to remember really probably everything that was going on. Um, I would imagine from most times you're watching it on TV or... Yeah, so, I mean, you you said earlier about the lack of technology. There there wasn't, you couldn't, there was no real Sky game. Well, there was Sky just sort of was taken off then, Scottish football as English football as well. Uh, But not as much, not as much games. Uh, for for Scottish football, so it would have been more so season reviews. Uh, growing up watching the the likes of Mark Walters, who who I loved watching because he was so good on the ball and could yeah, score the ball. Um, you know, see season reviews, and then again the lack of the lack of televised games. It would have been more. You're sitting in your your dad's kitchen, or you're sitting in your my, my granny's kitchen. You're listening to games. On the radio and listening to football on the radio is it's good, but it's it's far too nerve wracking. Aye, as you've probably experienced many times yourself. I definitely, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it at all. I would rather probably just not even bother than listening on radio. Um, there's very few times I'll do it. So see, actually, on that, in terms of um, around that time, would you get in Northern Ireland? Would you have got the European games or on TV? Um, you would you would have got some European games. I as I, I mean as in like it, so that either that season ninety two ninety three because I remember all the Rangers games are on STV over yeah. here. Um, well, we we wouldn't have got STV as as you can on Sky now and, and Virgin Media and all the rest of it. Or, yeah, um, we in terms of the European games, and my dad always told me this, and and then I, I would have went to. And uh, we would have had to go to the likes of Lorne. We a small town called Lorne and yeah, a yeah. wee small place called Whitehead, where there was a Ranger supporters club on the very edge of, of the water and uh, to watch the European game. So you would have went down in, in some in my dad's friend's car and a midweek so the, the car was packed and you went to watch games AK Athens, uh some of the, uh, as you say, 92, 93 was great in terms of the European and unfortunately not to win it. But some of the, the European games that followed were disasters, the likes of AEK Athens and stuff like that. So you would have went down to these wee Rangers supporters clubs and got home really, really late past my bedtime at that point. Hi, hi. Uh, just to watch Rangers in, in a European game. And it was the same with, 
with league games that, that weren't on Sky as much, it would have been STV. And you, because it was so, because these towns were closer to Scotland rather than Belfast, they would have picked up the, the Scottish mm-hmm. channels easier. So you would have had to travel. It, it was basically like traveling to go to Ibrox, the, the, the distance you had to go <laughs> to watch these games. You would have thought it would have been a demand as well to show the games in Northern Ireland in terms of the community and fan base that's there. Yeah, I, th- I think it was. I think there was a few of the ninety two ninety three Champions League games shown. I think the Leeds home game was shown. Possibly the Bruges game. Um, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sure for definite which game was shown that season, but there was one or two because obviously we had knocked the English champions out, and there was no English other teams in it or Scottish teams in it, and Rangers were the sole focus, so to speak, of of British. Football fans, yeah, on, on the TV. Aye, we'll probably go all again between like go back and forth in terms of season, different things like that. But just when yeah. we're talking about treble season, so you'd be a wee bit older in terms of the other trebles in terms of in your lifetime. Yeah. So which one's more memorable? 1998-09 or two thousand two or three? Um, probably, probably the both of them more memorable. It's hard to pick if you were to say what was your favourite or what 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 meant more to you. Both, both, I couldn't pick between one because obviously we won the league cup at Parkhead against St Johnson and in Advocates uh, first season. Then we won the league at, at Parkhead, but you know, in the three 0 game, which is uh, what, what probably up there with one of my favourite games. And then we won the the Scottish Cup the week after at Hamden against Celtic the Rob Walls scored the winner um, that, that was the 99 and I remember it well that season and, and that treble the, the 0203 season was I I remember actually being I, I don't follow English football as, as you know yeah um, I actually remember being away on a school trip watching Man United against Charlton and it was the weekend that United beat Charlton on the Saturday and Leeds beat Arsenal for Duca at, at Highbury and oh, Atlanta yeah. won the league. And we were coming back on the Sunday on the boat home and Rangers had drew two each against Dundee. And I think, I'm near sure, Barry Ferguson missed two penalties that day and Arteta scored, scored one of the penalties. So I finished two each and you're sort of thinking, have we blown this? And then it goes to the last game of the season um, but as as you're well aware, Celtic were in the UEFA Cup final that same season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as hard as it is to admit it, they they did have a very good and strong side that season. They got the UEFA Cup final, and I was actually on a family holiday in Salou. And me, me being, I think it was maybe twelve, thirteen then. Me being a Rangers fan, I was wearing uh, the full orange Rangers kit in the hotel reception. Which was shown the UEFA Cup final that night. Right, okay. I bet I went down well. Uh, well, I, I got some friendly, friendly jokes and stuff like that there, but uh, obviously I had the last laugh that evening. And then the following Sunday that we won the league. And then the following Sunday after that we won the Scottish Cup against Dundee. Um, so it was great to win, win that treble uh, as well. And it, it was such a memorable season because both Rangers and Celtic had very good sides and it was mm-hmm. back and forward. Who was 
top and goal difference. Obviously, it did come down to goal difference. But uh, yeah, the the 98-99 treble season was memorable, as was the the 3 season as well. Aye, they're going to all be memorable, aren't they? In terms of like trebles, like it's a, a remarkable achievement to do at once. Rangers have obviously done it seven times, which yeah. is crazy. And you've actually had three in your lifetime. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah, that's, I'm, pretty I'm, good I'm very, very fortunate to have seen, as you say, growing up a lot of a lot of successful sides, but also a lot of times where we we maybe were ruled off and, and came back to win win the league or cups, certain cups and stuff. So yeah, that that was obviously a great time as well. Yeah. So see later on when you're talking about like Mark Walters being one of your favourite players when you're like initially kind of following Rangers. Who are your early um favourites apart from him? Who you're watching? Uh, er, early sort of favourites or heroes, obviously Mark Walters, Ali McCoyce. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I've ever spoken. Mind they don't give too much away because we'll obviously get the end of the end of show. Oh yeah, yeah. Proper, so don't give too much away, maybe. Well, I think I think obviously there is a few spoilers, but the likes of Walters and McCoy and uh, Alberts, I like Jorg Alberts as well. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bowles when it was a wee bit older. Aye, aye. Well, you know, uh, I don't think I've ever seen anybody turn us quick on the ball as Michael Moles pre pre injury. I think that's what probably caused injuries because see because he did play that close to defenders. Yeah. He constantly was get like you know what defenders are like they're just gonna knee in the back, knee in the back of the knee. Yeah, especially football back. Yeah. Uh yeah so Alan McCoy's my, my favourite ever ever player, you know, as as a hero, as a player. Um Mark Walters again with the the twists and turns, I mean the can't remember. Might have been Stuart McKimmy at right back that day. We were on the league at Ibrox. They they turned. I'm not sure it was Wards McKimmy, but whoever the Aberdeen right back was, he turned him inside out. And I think the, the fellow was sitting in the stand while Walters delivered it in for Bray Fatley. Alex McLeish. that season. I always say, like and I've said this many a time, see that that season. That was a turning point in Scottish football, I think, because see if Aberdeen had won that season. The landscape of Scottish football could have been very different because obviously the money was first coming in from yeah. Sky and different things like that. You had the Champions League forming. I preferred the old format, European Cup. Um, I don't know whether you really remember the European Cup. No, I do, and I agree with you. I, I prefer, and I still do prefer that, uh, the old European Cup format. Because I remember like classic knockout matches, and I think as well when you had those knockout matches, like matches over two legs you've got a far better chance of some of the smaller teams doing well and getting through. Whereas yeah. now it's just geared towards your top five so-called... Well, it's all about money. It has protect, been from, protecting them. from the early 2000s. It's all about just the big, so-called big boys and the money men and generating money. You know, these this seeds, the seeds and all this here, as, as you say, cup football, knockout football is, is the best to watch. If it's the Scottish Cup, it's the Irish Cup, the FA Cup, whatever it may be, the, the old European Cup format, knockout football, a one-off tie or a two-legged tie is is the best to watch. Aye, in saying that though, Rangers have been doing pretty well in Europe over the last few years. Yeah, we, we have indeed. And, and I've, I've mentioned it on a previous uh, podcast that Rangers under Stephen Gerrard 
and and Jared had admitted, I think, a couple of times himself, punched well above their weight in terms of some of the, the teams that we came up against and, and we managed to beat or get good results against. And, and it's continuing on, it has continued on into this season. And uh, hopefully it will continue on uh, a, a bit more further on this season, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we've, we've done well, uh, very well sometimes in, in European results which has then also on the downside sort of had a knock-on effect to the domestic yeah. uh, sort of fall on. But is, is that a sort of European hangover and stuff? I, I don't know. I don't really buy into that sort of thing. I, I think the thing that, I mean, I remember we were talking about it um, probably even prior to the, I mean, it probably was around about the time of the Dortmund game. And we were saying, I think it was, was it a weekend before? Possibly, or maybe a couple of weekends before. And Rangers were playing and they were toiling a bit at one of the away fixtures. And we were saying about it seems like when Broncast only trusts 13 or 14 players. Yeah. He didn't use any subs, I remember. And you're thinking, surely there's got to be someone off the bench. You know that way, someone comes off the bench, they create a spark, something different, tired legs, tired defenders. No, he just kept it the same. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And, and it did seem that way. And and also, because it has happened that way, in, in certain games, you're sort of going into another game where it's tight and you're thinking, he needs to change it. Is he going to change it or is he just going to stick before he's got? It happened uh, against against Dundee. It happened against Aberdeen as well. We sort of, we changed it and brought players off the bench and, and they had a big effect in changing the game as well. I think I was surprised that... Um... Or a few, I don't know what you think of him so far. He's obviously early in his Rangers career, but I remember against Aberdeen and he's put Sands in the team straight away. I think you, you did have some problems with injuries, mind you. Yeah, we, but, we, we, had, we had injuries. I think that was that the first game back after the the so-called early winter break, which we needed to have. Um, yeah, throwing, throwing the likes of James Sands into that sort of game, I don't... I, I don't think it should have happened, but as you say, we had injuries and stuff like that. But I mean, he, he came in and he done he done well. He wasn't any worse than, than any of the other yeah. players, and and he has done well since since he's came in. He's a sort of very basic player. He keeps things simple. Sometimes people don't like that because they're used to the fancy tricks and the, yeah. the long range goals and the spectacular things that players do. But simple football in effect is effective football. Aye, I think, it, I mean, folk are like, maybe do people a disservice. It was always like, remember McAuley when he was at Real Madrid and then at Chelsea, the old water carrier role, but yeah. you need the water carriers to let the, the flare players play. Absolutely, yeah. Because like, and actually, if I think of most of my favourite players growing up, they were probably well that guy in midfield that took the game by the scruff of the neck, didn't take any prisoners and just got stuck in. I mean, you too young to remember Terry Hurlick for Rangers? Uh, I I do remember him, although he wasn't there for long. But yeah, he was just a no nonsense player. Get the ball, move it on. I, I actually think the the goal against Celtic was maybe a pass to someone else, and I took it a flex. <laughs> uh, no, it's, as I say, that's that's as you say, you have your fancy players and your your top goal scorers and your great goalkeepers, but without the sort of basic players who who are very very good players. Uh, you wouldn't have a, a good side. 
Aye, it's the that, type that, of... That's, that's for anything. Aye, it's the type of players as well I think fellow professionals appreciate as well. Like, you're either more it'd maybe be when you're starting out Catrisso. Yeah. But who was like probably a cult figure at Rangers I would say. Yeah. I think he's more more popular because of with Rangers fans now because of the career he went on to have and similarly a certain other players but no he was a he was a so-called you know a, a terrier you know a sort of he wanted to get in people's faces and loved to, uh, to challenge people and score a couple of goals for the club. I don't think as as time at the club worked out due to being played out of position uh, in a foreign country and sort of being young at the time. But as as we both know, the career he went on to have and the player he was, he was fantastic. Yeah. See, just we're on the subject of Europe as well. We need to talk about, obviously, the run to the 2008 UEFA Cup final now. In a lot of quarters, it kind of, I don't know whether, I think it's fair to say Rangers were criticised for their style of play getting there, right? But other teams were envious of the fact that they were in a European final. Yeah. Um, I obviously remember the season well. Um, not just the European adventure, uh, the, the domestic side of things as well. In terms of what you're saying about people criticising Rangers' style of play, we all want our teams to go out and, and play this silky football and and win games 5-6-0 every week. But if if things are working for you, why why do you need to change it? And, and it did work, so to speak, for, for Rangers. Um, in, in terms of the... <laughs> obviously, we got the UEFA Cup final that season, but we, we played some good stuff as well uh, you know we, we went and beat Leon 3-0 in the Champions League group stage and then obviously Leon returned the favour with a 3-0 doing at Ibrooks. but some some of the stuff we played uh, was and domestically that season as well but in, in Europe we rode a luck at times but sometimes you need to have luck you know this season we, we sort of haven't had the so-called rub of the green or a bit of luck uh, at times, and um, that that season we did in two thousand seven eight season, and you know the the we got knocked out. We finished third and went into the UEFA Cup. Um, past Nikos game, went over scored. The further Bremen game, uh, home and away. McGregor's unbelievable save. I still don't know how he, he saved it. You can even see back Davy Weir thinks that the ball's in the net. Uh, the sport of Lisbon game the, the Fiorentina penalty shootout and then we got to the final and I think I have to mention domestic football as well last season because obviously as a club or any club challenging for trophies you want to win every trophy goal and we won the League Cup against Dundee United in penalties and we won we went on to win against Queen of the South in the Scottish Cup final so we so called won the two lesser trophies that season, but we lost the league at Pataudry, funnily enough, <laughs> and, and no sent off that night. It makes, and, a, makes a change, us winning against you. Yeah, it, it does. It does, <laughs> it does indeed. And um, I was actually in Manchester, uh, and a wee story about that. So we got, we, we knocked Fiorentina out in penalties, and my dad, uh, you know, myself and my dad went 
to, to Manchester. We, we helped to get a bus from Belfast City Centre down to Dublin Airport. And we're, we're standing in the queue to wait to get on the plane. And there's these Rangers fans are on, on the plane. And my dad says, oh, there's Lou McCarry in the queue to get on the plane, who, who yeah. then had worked for, aye, for aye, yeah. TV at the time. So obviously Lou McCarry on a plane for the Rangers supporters. <laughs> He got a wee bit of you know, friendly banter, not not yeah. serious, but he got a bit of friendly banter, and um, maybe that was just the the omen for the, the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we went, we went, uh, got a taxi at the airport into the city centre. The place was burnt, and I've never seen as many people and and as Rangers supporters in in the city or in this one place at one time. Yeah, it was so so busy, and. Um, we we actually were in Piccadilly Square, I think. Yeah, where, yeah Piccadilly. Where the screen was, and it was too packed. And me and me and my dad went back to this sort of nightclub where we went for food during the day. Yeah, and you got a stamp on your hand so you could go back in and watch the game if you wanted. So we went right, okay. back there and watched the game. And obviously, what happened, you know, it was, I think should tactics have changed? Should we have went for more uh, positive? forward play should certain players have started or not you know all, all F buts and maybes ah, Senate yeah. were a great side no team beats Bayern Munich in, in a European semi-final who aren't a good side Senate were a very good side I, I think it, the thing I remember most about uh, that team they had good results as you mentioned but see Arshavan at Zenit that season Arshavan was like putting in incredible numbers and yep. he wasn't even playing as a striker he was Probably that season, one of the best players in Europe. But he was almost at times unplayable. Yeah. And you had other guys in that team as well who were of a good quality. They were a good side. Maybe I think it's a bit like other countries put us down in terms of Scotland. It was a team from Russia who we don't tend to tend to see as much. So maybe some folk underestimated them a wee bit. Uh, yeah, I think so. But they were they were a bloody good side, and I think, as you say, I mean, you could have played different players, you could have done this, done that. They got to the final a way that worked. It was like being maybe conservative and maybe hitting on a counter attack. It worked. Why change it? Would it have helped if you'd gone like gun hole and went all out attack? Would you have won? You never know. I think against that team, if you'd done that, you might end up suffering a bigger defeat. Quite possibly, yeah. Um, I, I, would it be, and it's probably fair to say that team there wasn't really the the flair players there. There wasn't, but there wasn't a you know the flair players as you say, but there was a lot of grit and determination in that team. The likes of you know McGregor, who did get injured before the final, we had Alexander come in, Davy Weir, Sasa Pavic, who was you know Mister Reliable. And he still is going by Saturday's uh, Legends game there. I really uh, have a laugh about that as well because, like, you were doing the countdown, you've been excited about coming on, and Parpatch was one of the guys that featured with the number five on the back. Yeah, I think that was the start of the countdown, wasn't it? It was indeed. I probably should have done it earlier, but you probably wouldn't have had me on and would have blocked me. <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> no, but obviously, by Ferguson. Like so, Kevin Thompson, Davis, McCulloch, Whitaker, and, and players like that who were you know, all good players within their right, but 
did we have as much quality as Zenit? We had the likes of Arshavin, uh, I think Pavel Pogremniak didn't even play in the final. I think he might have got injured or suspended. So they had great players out as well. But listen, it was great great to reach uh, Europe, another European final, but the first one I'd ever seen. Uh, I hope I see another one very soon or in the future. But um, it's, it's not every season you see a Scottish team in, in a European final. Maybe, obviously, you're different being an Aberdeen fan. You, you have witnessed that possibly well, in a couple of times. Unfortunately, too young. Well, I, I was alive, but at that point, um, I'd not been into football, unfortunately. So it's the only, yeah. it's the only thing I ever said to people I wish I was that wee bit older. Because he yeah. like witness that era and what was going on. I mean, you talked to older Aberdeen fans and they just thought that was going to become the norm. Like, oh, well, that's if, you, so. if you think you're beating Real Madrid in a final, I mean, it's to think that now, you explain that to younger fans, it just it no, doesn't even it seem, yeah. it, it just it seems like a different, well, it's a completely different era, but it just, yeah, it just doesn't fathom. Just to say, aye. You just can't believe it. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, too young. So, you've been lucky enough at least to see Rangers in a final. Um, and you never know this season. I mean, you've got a, all teams are good that are in that last eight. You've got a, maybe what might be a more favourable draw. You beat Dortmund, who are well, one of the favourites for it. Why not? Dream. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I, I am positive. Um, but also, I'm I'm realistic as well. But I don't. I would love to get to the final. I would love to win it, and and all the 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 one game at a time thing as well. As I keep reminding a lot of people. But in in my opinion, and I don't know if it's going to be asked later on on the the recording. But what I want this season is is to retain the title more than winning a a European final. That that this league championship. With winning, with retaining the title, and also the the financial aspect as well, uh, may, would mean a lot more than than winning the Europa League and the Scottish Cup. So yes, I want. I'm, I'm greedy. I, I am greedy. I want to win them all. But I obviously I. The, the league is more important to me, and and I think a lot of the other Rangers fans would agree with me as well. I depending whether we want to wind you up or not. You're on the right episode if you're going for 56. Yeah, well, as I say, you have to be positive. So um, I would like to think the next time that I am on uh, the the Scottish Football Fans podcast that we are celebrating 56. Well, you'll definitely be on at the end of the season when we're doing the end of season review. Because that we we pledged when the mid-season review was done, we would have the, the, the third in the trilogy, so to speak. And trying yeah. to get everyone on that's been on the, the previous one. Um, assuming everyone can still make it. It might be by that point they're shunning for football when they just want to like have a summer break, whereas other guys will be like, I want to come on and remember uh, at the start of the season when it was Nori, the St. Johnson fan, and he was gloating about the, the cup double and look where they are now. Um yeah. and obviously yourself, uh, you are lording it over everybody with the league title. Yeah, well well in that case I really hope uh that we do win the league because I'm not sure if we could listen to uh, a certain person uh, from, from that supports the team from the East End of Glasgow if if we were to win the league. Oh, Miguel. Yeah, it's funny though, like because remember at the start of the season, I think most of us like 
we did a week in our predictions and all that type of thing in terms of who we thought would win the league. I think he was the only one that thought Celtic would win it. And that was partly based on him being a Celtic fan. And he's not going to say Rangers are going to win the league, probably. Even no matter how bad the side was, he's probably not going to say that. I think, obviously yourself, you're going to say Rangers. But the rest of us, from other clubs, fans of other clubs, I think we all went with Rangers to win the league. Yeah, no, you're right. And uh, I think that obviously Scott chose Celtic. On, on one hand, that he's a Celtic supporter, but also he did have belief, and rightfully so, belief in, in the new manager coming in and, and bringing in new players and, and adding quality and, and strengthening because, as Scott would probably agree, and a lot of Celtic fans would agree, they couldn't have got much worse. And, and I, don't, I don't mean that in any sort of way to have a dig but uh, they, they couldn't have got any worse than, than last season you yeah. know I, I exactly and the thing that I think even in spite of regardless how good Celtic could have been last year even if Celtic had been really good Rangers were undefeated so, yeah we've, we had a fantastic season uh, as in the league winning the league and going going on beating season but as I, as I mentioned in, in the early season podcast that we were very poor in competitions domestically, anyway. Aye, and still that probably great a wee bit in terms of this season, obviously. First trophy, it's up for grabs and Celtic win it. But that's got to be a wee bit annoyed. I know people say the League Cup doesn't matter, but it's the first part towards a treble, potentially. Yeah, it is. And, you know, being a Rangers supporter and, and a club like Rangers, every trophy is important. People might say... It's only the League Cup. And I know I'm maybe sort of contradicting myself and saying, because I just said there, the league is the most important, which it is. Yeah. But it's the it's the first part of a treble, but it's a chance to add an honour. And we haven't won the League Cup since 2011. And it's the same with the yeah. Scottish Cup being not won it since 2009. Rangers as a club should be winning trophies every season. And that's the League Cup or the Scottish Cup or the league championship, and being I was at Hamden that day when Hibs deservedly beat us and, and very well beat us. You know it was unacceptable, and I know we had a change of manager and stuff like that there, but no excuse from from the players that day. It was awful. See on that actually, like obviously because um, Van Bronckhorst has just taken over. Well, as such, he was in this the stand. Answer there, yeah. Do you think? much as he'd maybe not seen much of the squad he must have seen games online and all that I would think as a Rangers fan or its player he probably has seen Rangers a bit before that this season do you think he should have been in the, in the dugout? Uh, no no uh, but yeah actually uh, no I, I do think he should have been in the dugout because he was obviously announced as the manager before and I know it was only the, the Wednesday or the Thursday before the game, but he should have been given the the chance to take the team that day, and, and that was his and that was would have been his first game to have uh, to throw David McCallum in. I thought was wrong mm-hmm. and, and very unfair uh, on the club to do that. But if if you're appointing a manager, you're obviously not just going to speak to them today and appoint them t- tomorrow. You're going to be given. They, they they did do an interview with him. And he has watched previous games yeah. uh, this season. So he obviously knows certain players or the way he wants to play and the way he would have wanted to play that day. I think the club got it wrong. 
that that time when not having Gio at Hamden that day in, in charge of the team. And who knows, would it have given the players a lift? Not that they needed it, should have needed it. Oh, in exactly. a or, or in any game, so to speak. Um, he should have been in charge of, of that game. Would the result have turned out any different? Who knows? But I think the club got it wrong that, that time. Aye, because I like later on in the season, obviously when Aberdeen um, and we appointed Goodwin, we appointed him on the Friday, and all the speculation was like, are we going to have him in the dugout on the Saturday? And folk were thinking, well, maybe not based on what's happened. You see it, you do see it sometimes happen. A manager takes over and in the stand because they decide they think first game actually sit in the stand and, and watch it from almost like a a fan's point of view and try and get a big the bigger picture. Because I think in the dugout, probably managers can sometimes get caught up in what's happening but you've got your coaching staff your analysts you've got everything now um, but he decided no I've got this job I'm going in the dugout straight away now he might not have had an influence in picking the team but I think him just being there it kind of gives you a lift yeah absolutely I, I agree with you and I think if you get if you get given a job and it's the same with any it's, it's your job it's my job anybody's job you want to go in and have your sort of own, stamp your authority on it, or show what you can give and, and the best that you can give. And I think Van Bronckhorst was ready to do that, but did, did people hold him back from that? Did the club, certain people in the club hold him back from that and say, no, it's too soon, we'll have you in the next game? I, I definitely think Rangers handled it wrong. Yeah. I, it's one of them but can't be that, that's, that's just my opinion of course yeah, other yeah. people may not agree and, and fair enough but that, that's my opinion on the appointment and, and the semi-final against Hibs yeah see like in terms of obviously uh, Van Bronckhorst so far so obviously in Europe he's I mean, he's cracked it he's continued on Gerard's good work domestically obviously the situation away from home at the moment that's legit being behind Celtic do you think still domestically he needs to kind of learn how to adapt sometimes. The away fixtures more so when teams tend to sit in, or, or most clubs sitting against Rangers. How does he solve that? Um, how does he solve it? Well, I think from what we've seen early on, he had the sort of style of play of keeping the ball and then go, going, going towards, or going for teams and then getting a goal and sitting back and protecting you know, keeping the zero, as he says, and, and protecting a one-goal lead or a two-goal lead. I think he should have been going for more goals. And it shows on the league table now, because yes, Celtic are three points ahead, but their goal difference is a lot higher than us as well. Yeah. Um, he has he has done well in Europe. He has done well in, in the league as well. And I know we're three points behind, as I say. But... In terms of the, adapting the play, should, should he have maybe been a bit braver in, in terms of changing games or, or starting certain players or resting certain players? I, I think so. And not just away from home, because also at Ibrox, there's teams come to Ibrox, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, because there's teams come to Ibrox, no matter who they are, and and they, they sort of sit in, or they score a goal and defend that lead, but you have to show respect because and give them respect because that's their game plan. And if that's the what if that's what works for them, they will stick to that. Yeah. And it's up 
Van Bronckhorst, his coaching staff and the team to adapt and change the way that they play to hurt other teams and change games. And has he done that enough? I I wouldn't say so. Aye, and maybe that comes back to when we were talking earlier. Does he trust enough of the players? Yeah, well, that's that's the other thing. Is the trust there? I'm I'm not sure. I'm not going to say no because I don't I don't know for definite. But it sort of seemed that way to, towards uh, certain players in, in certain games. Aye, one thing though he has managed to do is get Morelos back. Morelos back. That is be- well. I'm saying that is best. He adapted his game latching under Gerard and it worked. But Morelos is best when he's number nine. Being a pain in the ass to defenders on the shoulder, not giving defenders a moment's peace, but then in the box he just comes alive. Yeah, as you say, there he did have to adapt his game, which Gerard wanted him to do last season, and, and it did work for us. Uh, this this season since Van Bronckhorst came in, I think it helps, and it, and it has been well documented that Van Bronckhorst, who has played in Spain. Uh, and also Roy Mackay as well have, have, yeah. have been a help in terms of the language barrier because as we all know if we work abroad or go on holiday abroad or whatever it may be and you're in a foreign country you do struggle at times when it's when it's your to learn another language or whatever it may be but as we know he's a sort of moody character at the best of times but uh, in terms of the football side he has he's uh, sort of came out of his shell more more this season and and been he's been quality at times you know especially in the European games you know he he absolutely bullied Mats Hummels yep at Ibrox against Dortmund uh, the big the big lad uh, Dragovic as well for Red Star yeah I mean the one on the the touchline where he shoulder charged him about five yards or whatever <laughs> it may be. Aye, aye. Uh, I think Dragovic tried to like shoulder charge him and he just bounced yeah. off her. Eh, Morelos. Yeah, no, he's, you, you know his qualities, he, he can score goals, but his, his work rate has been absolutely brilliant as well. And and people criticised Morelos for that early on in his Rangers career when he was yeah. still young. But again, I think maybe the big thing, or one of the big things, is the language barrier. And it has helped bring him from, or having from Bronkhorst and Mackay and, and other guys there who can can help him. Aye, and the thing, the thing as well that he transformed as well and got better was his discipline. He's now become, he, he kind of channels that playing on the edge now. Like, remember the season whereby, I think Gerard's first season, and Gerard kind of got to a point, maybe even going into the second season, he, he kind of got to a point, he, he felt he couldn't trust Morelos because he thought, yeah. is he going to lose or not? And get sent off, and it's part. It's part. We always say, like, see great, like, top players, whatever league they're playing or whatever level, they have that fire in them. They have that. He's competitive. He wants to win. You can tell that. But yeah. sometimes he did go over the top. Whereas that seems to just now be kind of gone from his game. The the, the dirty tricks kind of thing. Yeah, listen, it, it can't, as as a lot of footballers, it can it can creep into the game and it can help them. Mm-hmm. In, in certain ways, but uh, yeah, it uh, sort of got to the point, as you say, Jared was sort of getting sick of it and I was sort of frustrated that it was happening too much, silly yellow cards or red cards and, and stupid reactions and stuff like that. But 
he has he has uh, changed his game. I'm not saying he's who knows what may happen in, in future games or whatever, but uh, he sort of has changed the sort of hot headed Alfredo in terms of wanting to get a you know there's ways of doing it, and I don't mean kicking people or whatever. There's ways of rust. Russell and Boston defenders, and it's the same with defenders doing it towards attackers. Yeah, but he he has sort of adapted his game, and and it has helped him, but also the team a lot as well. Aye, and the, the main thing is like when we're talking about in Europe, he's using his strength as in his physique as yeah. well to like get him through and and that side of things. Saying that though, at the moment, I think he's doubtful first the game on Sunday because he gets sent home from Colombia and after duty, so maybe maybe a precaution. Like maybe Rangers on Columbia have talked and said, "Look, if he's not quite right, like we've got a big game on Sunday. Like, don't let him get injured." <laughs> yeah, po- possibly. Um, since Morales has been at the club, I can't really remember him getting. A, he hasn't had a serious injury or or many injuries. He's sort of been lucky that way. But and, and again, it could come because of the, the style of play he has, where he is getting bumped about or doing the bumping about the other players that it, it sort of he has picked up this injury but I've sort of noticed the last few weeks and again it could come down to the trust side of Gio trusting so many players has Alfredo been playing through injury and it's just got too much for him you know it, it sort of looked that way against the Red Star Belgrade uh, as well and at times against Dundee it sort of looked he was sort of sluggish or struggling you know and I, I don't know if he's been carrying an injury and, and just sort of battles through it but the Colombian thing you know I, I, everybody wants to play for their country and stuff like that and fair play but he's not going to start and he should never if, especially if he was injured and, and I would put the blame on Rangers and, and when they should have been saying well hold on we want our player to stay given the, the, the next game as a massive one yeah and we want our player to stay and rest. And if he is uh, carrying an injury, even more reason why to keep him back in Scotland. Aye, it's, it's that difficult one, though, because he's probably going to want to go away and maybe at least get some minutes for Colombia and try and stake some kind of claim. Yeah. Rangers, obviously, by having him going into national duty and maybe getting involved, if he goes on to be sold, it pumps the price up. Adds value to a player when he's involved in international. Like, I mean, yeah, if he's missing on Sunday, and much as his record against Celtic's indifferent, it's fair to say, um, your replacements, you're looking at what, I don't know, Ruth, who has done well at times against Celtic, but again, doesn't look to be totally trusted. Sakala. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not this, you're never going to get the same style of play or that sort of quality. You know, but listen, whatever team we end up playing on, on Sunday uh, or starting, we have to win. Uh, it's win, win at, not win at all costs, but we must win this next, we must win every game, but we must win this next game. Um, but who knows, is, is it a sort of, he's carrying an injury and then he, he starts or plays through the pain barrier again, or Roof plays or Sakala plays, whoever it may be. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, all being well, he, Morelos does start and, and plays well and scores, goal or goals or whatever it may be. 
Yeah, I suppose as well, the more difficult thing is if he is carrying an injury and you're risking him, you've got the European tie just after it. So it's, yeah. it's trying to balance how fit is he? Can he give you a full 90 minutes? Can he even just give you 60? And a really good 60 and then you you have to maybe yes. say, right, let, let's take him off so that he's he's all right for the rest of the campaign. It's a hard one to judge for, for Van Bronckhorst and the, the coaching staff. What way do you handle this? You know, but I suppose your most important game is your next game, and that yeah. game happens to be Celtic. <laughs> Aye, it's definitely a must not lose. I think. Uh, I, know, I, know you, I know you'll say it's a must win, but... I, I agree. I, I wouldn't say... I also wouldn't say if we lose the game that the league's over, or if we draw the game that the league's over. But we, uh, yeah, uh, no, I would say it's a must not lose. But I would also say it's a must win. I know that's not really giving an answer, but well, as to me, to me, we have to win the game. Aye. We ha- we have to win every game, but we have to win our next game, and it is it is against Celtic, and it's a it's a massive game for both clubs, but more so for Rangers. Aye. Uh, I'm going to um, put out some questions that I've got from other regulars um, who all were delighted that you were on tonight. So uh, I'll give you some. So John, the other John, um, yeah. he asked 2003, 2005, obviously the last day title wins. Yeah. And you, you sat in the fence and asked you about the trebles. So I, I want a definitive answer this time, Andy. What was the better one? Out of the two? Um, I'm going to say, both, both great seasons again, but I'm going to say 2005. And the reason being is, and I mentioned earlier, Rangers had a great side in 2003, and we did still have some of them players, but we, we happened to, there were certain players moved on after that. 2005, we didn't have as good a squad and it, it seemed to mean more. And given the way it happened with the helicopter Sunday, and, and I actually remember my dad, my, my dad would be sort of a, he's a more of a realist, but he's sort of, I wouldn't say negative, but he, he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a Marvin Andrews type. He didn't believe that day. Because <laughs> <Marvin> I, remember, <laughs> I remember both games were also held at the same time. And we went to a local bar to watch it. And he did tell me before he left the house that, you know, the, the league's gone. We're not going to win the league. And you have to accept that. And I remember when uh, the infamous Scott McDonald goals went in, turning and yeah. saying, so is the league gone? And he just laughed at me. But, um, you know, that, that, that meant more. Given Novo scored, well, it was put down as an own goal, I think, but Novo, Novo hit the ball and towards the net and uh, McDonald obviously the two goals against uh, Celtic being one nil up. It's just the whole the whole within sort of the last three, four minutes, it, it was just surreal, you know, the the see to think you're you're not gonna win the league because you've won the game or you're winning the game, you're gonna win the game. Yeah. And and Celtic, you know, walked away with the, the title. Um it was just it was something special as as was the treble winning side of 2003. But uh, the answer to John's question would go for 2005, just given the helicopter Sunday. I definitely. I mean, I even remember, like, obviously, I, I don't really care either team who wins 
But I remember that day um, because I was in Dundee and I remember being in the pub and they had the both screens on. So you're watching like both and you're going, right, what's going on? And you did think, right, probably that's it. Celtic have probably won it. And I, as I said, not, I wasn't bored. So I didn't stay in the pub to watch it. I was like, right, I need to get back to back home. Heading home and you're listening on the radio and it's coming on the radio and you're like, oh, what's going on here? Because more often than not, you assume when Rangers Celtic go ahead against a, another team, they're probably going to win. Yeah. But more often than not, I don't have the statistics, but I would say it's pretty high, probably 80% and more, maybe even higher than that. Um, that if they go ahead, they win domestically. Yeah, I would say so. It's it's probably slim chances that teams would happen to turn it around or go on to beat them. But um, just you we were speaking a few moments ago against about the, the upcoming game on Sunday and if Rangers were to not win that game, what would it mean? I remember Celtic beat us at Ibrox that season in 2005. I think it was maybe four, three or four games to go. And Celtic were actually five clear after the beat us mm-hmm. at Ibrox that day. I remember Celtic fans having the banner saying we won the league at Ibrox five points clear. And uh, obviously that, that didn't happen for them. But uh, it just shows you what can happen in football. And it, I know we had the Aguero thing in, in English football, but to me, helicopter Sunday in 2005 will never be topped, in, in my opinion, anyway. I was unlikely to be, especially the fact that the powers that be in Scottish football will never allow or will try their best not to have a Rangers Celtic title decider. Yeah. After what happened in the, the infamous, infamous Hugh Dallas game. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is a kind of shame. I think how how I mean, say for example, like obviously I hate Rangers and Celtic winning most things, right? But from a point of view of to promote our game, can you imagine if last day of the season, for example, and you've got Rangers Celtic and they're playing for the title, like yeah, that's be... a, that's that would be a marketing dream. Oh, of like, course, yeah. Other other countries would not shy away from that. I don't think. No, they wouldn't. And, and again, it's there's a lot of things come into it, as, as we both know. Uh, and, and it's also, the media doesn't help either, you know, in, in terms of Rangers-Celtic games. And it didn't help after that game, you know. It's put down as the same game, you know. And and I know fans are passionate and all the rest of it, but Rangers, Rangers won the game 3-0 that, that evening and, and won the league. And, and celebrate it winning the league. And it was a great, great uh, victory and a, a great title win. But again, the Scottish media doesn't help things at times as well, where they, they run stories on the build-up and then sort of something happens and it's, oh, Rangers get the blame for this or Celtic get the blame for that or this player's on this or whatever. I mean, if you're going to run a story or... Build, build up or whatever or after a game you should have said to yourself well why publish things like that then yeah I'm not I'm not saying that you know I, I don't I don't defend anything that happens inside the ground or outside the ground that shouldn't happen or you know has happened or whatever it may be but the media doesn't help whenever they sort of stoke the fires yeah stoke the fires yeah aye if I like it's something I always think of and um that's it's a, a phrase that came up in my studies, and I remember always thinking, "I it's true." 
self-fulfilling prophecy. See if you say that something's going to happen. Like, how many times you for an old firm game you see things like, oh, there's going to be trouble, the same game, or they go back to previous fixtures and these hotbed fixtures. And it's, it's we understand why they do it. It's to build the game up further. But oh, yeah, it's, it's a game that doesn't need built up. Like, it, if, 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 if either manager or sets of players can't get worked up for that type of game, they shouldn't be at the clubs. I mean, that... No, I, I, I absolutely agree with it, Joe. Um, uh, you don't a build up or you don't need a kick on the backside for that sort of game. Aye, because the one I would remember, and you'll have heard of it, um, but you'll be too young, I think. Frank Mac- 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 the one with, um, no, the one at Ibrooks with Frank McAvenny, Graham oh, Roberts. First, yeah, two each game in 87, I think. When Butcher and Woods were sent off. Yeah, and yeah. Prob- probably, I think now in this day and age, I mean, there are probably more red cards, to be honest. But back then, players did get away more. Like, there was, football yeah. was a bit darker then, and many would say it, it was more enjoyable because referees kind of let things go a bit more, but yeah, that obviously... <laughs> and that, that was obviously before my time, but I remember I've seen the game and the highlights and the incidents and stuff. If I'm correct, I think Woods, Butcher, and McAvaney actually went to court yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah. And again, was that a case of the media sort of, you know, threw, threw stuff on the fire to, to sort of stoke the, the flames again? I, I, I don't know. Listen, what you, you see handbags like that in, in a lot of games now and, and way back Oh, you're, you're having City Centre. I'm pure, pretty sure you've seen worse in Belfast. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, not, <laughs> not that we're excusing it. We're not excusing the behaviour, right? But no, it's, in, in context, we've seen worse stuff yeah. happen in football yeah. and other places. And, yeah, I would agree. The media do at times probably play a part to blame. Maybe other times the media and I'm not just die away from other, other sides of things, which... We'll not talk about, but oh. I'm not just saying it's Rangers Celtic. It's it's a sporting thing. It's a life thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a football thing, and it, it happens in in all leagues and stuff like that. That the media do sort of egg things on or whatever. Exactly. I mean, to be fair, like we've got a Rangers fan and an Aberdeen fan on tonight. We're lucky we're not like doing like Chris Rock and Will Smith stuff. Well, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see that? I seen it. Yeah, um, I think it's just. Silliness, to be honest. That listen, what was said probably should have been said, but what was done probably should have been done either. But you know, uh, I... listen. If see, if I was getting paid that amount of money, I I'd let you slap me in the face as well. For sure. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I mean, uh, you can see both sides of the debate. I mean, he, he, no, he, you can't. Slag it. Sl- basically, oh, I know he's a comedian, right? But he basically slagged off his wife. Yeah, I mean, the, it takes a it takes a good person not to. To react when it's like that, I don't know whether like hitting them in front of however many millions uh, was a good thing. You know, maybe wait until afterwards and then <laughs> send something to him. You know that way, but uh, as it is, um, with that. But say, are you over for uh, the game on Sunday? Yes, I will be. I'll be doing the day trip on Sunday. Or oh, just a day tripper? Yeah, unfortunately, um, I sort of had looked at travel arrangements and, and stuff in terms of coming over for the weekend. Uh, so it didn't work out too well financially. The hotels and stuff like that there sort of um, was 
working out through the year. So yeah, just the day trip. Most most of my games, John, that I would go to at Ibrox, excuse me, would be day trips and they're they're very long days and I know I've said the off off the podcast before to you. My my usual routine would be five o'clock in the morning, alarm. Um, my mate picks me up in a taxi. Uh, so me and my mate, my brother-in-law, would go and get the supporters bus that picks us up um, at quarter past six. And then you're on the half seven in the morning boat. You're off the boat at quarter to ten, roughly. And you're on the bus again down to Ibrox. You get there about between quarter to twelve, twelve. Okay. It's time for a few beers before the game or whatever you want to do. See the game. And then the bus leaves at five o'clock, so you're straight back out of the game on the bus and the same journey back home. Sometimes you're not getting back to uh, your house until half ten, eleven. At that I mean, that's, yeah, that's dedication. Like, it. I mean, that's <laughs> it is, and and there's there's so many hundreds of thousands to do that from from Northern Ireland and. And also England and, and other parts of Scotland, Scotland and throughout the world as well. But I suppose that's all about uh, you know you love the club and you want to see the Rangers and you'll do do what you can to yeah. Because I, I was going to ask you about the journey that you take in terms of doing that. So I suppose again it's something we know that happens. Like folk go from Northern Ireland to come over for Rangers games, and then you get obviously folk from generally more of the south or going to see Celtic. So see when you are coming over from any. Folk are coming over on the bus or buses. Is a a number so, of buses that travel over? Yeah, there's there's lots of buses. There's there's a dock. Uh, so there's a boat that goes the Stelling Line goes from Belfast. And that's all right. Chris was going to ask if it's P and O you use, and if that was happening, it was. Well, there, I was going to say that there is the Stelling Line that goes from Belfast, and there is that other so-called famous company P&O that, that runs from Lauren that would take Rangers fans over as well so I, I travel from Belfast so there's usually it can be between 10 to, to 12 sometimes maybe 15 supporters buses or mini buses usually 53 seater coaches or around about 50 something co- uh, seated coaches not 55? Uh, I, th- I actually think there might I think there is. <laughs> honest, yeah. Given the correct number, I'm, I'm yeah, I was, I was yeah. setting you up for that, Andy. I was trying to like set you up. I'm being a nice guy here for you. Come on. I actually think that was John, a that was a tapping. I know it was. It was. Um, I think I done a a dodge roll against Leon there, and, and <laughs> but uh, um, no, I actually think there's actually sixty two seats on a coach plus the driver, and then you have your smaller minibuses. But yeah, there's usually between ten to twelve to fifteen supporters buses. As many as that like, from from all over the country that, that travel, you know. And as I say, that's that's real dedication, and it's it's not just young people. It's there's guys, there's kids, young kids. I, I've took my wee numerous times. Yeah, which I'll I'll maybe mention later on. And uh, there's there's men and women that go in their their older generation. You know. Uh, and I suppose it's just all being loyal to the club that you love. Aye, I mean, I think on that, we may as well talk about it just now, because obviously your dad's got you into sporting Rangers. And I think football was, it's nice, it's a family thing to do. Like, they get you into that, and then you pass that down. Like, it doesn't always happen. I think my thing when I was um, 
you don't decide who other people support, I don't think. It's, you influence it maybe a wee bit, but see yeah. when your wee one, your young one decides to support the same team as you, straight away you know that you're going to have a bond, you've got a bond anyway, right, because you're bloody father, son, father, daughter, mother, whatever. But to then have the same football team, you're going to have that shared passion for life that you can share what you had with your dad with your youngster. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I said earlier, you know, the way I grew up, my dad, he, he bought me the Rangers Muses. I've got a fan, you know, every kit, Rangers kit from when I was a wee boy and see, watching the end of season videos, um, posters, programmes, chocolate bars, uh, everything, you know, I, I, I sort of, I was very fortunate. I hope you've still not got some of those chocolate bars in your memorabilia because they'll be out of date. John, if I did, I would be eating a few now. <laughs> That's, that is how nice they were. <laughs> Lovely. But yeah, as you say, you know, you, you've sort of been, it's been passed on, hasn't it? And um, my daughter, Gracie, who is six now, she's been five times to the Ibrox. Right, okay. Aye. First game. Our first game was on the 16th of February. Here we go again with the dates. Uh, the 16th of February, 2018, against St. Johnson in a nil-eight draw. And as, uh, as much as I want Rangers to win every game, that, that game meant a lot to me because it was her first game. It was Absolutely. myself, my wife, my brother-in-law who goes with me as a season ticket holder, and my daughter, Gracie. That was her first game. And she's... She, she hasn't seen us get beat, so if if anybody listening in here has a spur ticket or wants to get a ticket for Sunday, <laughs> get, get me a spur no problem. <laughs> see, but, see, joking aside, if you don't want me asking this, because we did say before, like in terms of like maybe some, not difficult questions, but yeah. would you take a tin old firm at the age she is? A, a, a six-year-old, probably not, no. Yeah. No, uh, I, I, I wouldn't actually know. Yeah. What was oh, your my, first? Do you remember your first old firm? What age you were? Uh, my first old firm game was actually December 2016 because my dad had a season ticket for a lot of years and um, he, he took me over, but not not to a Celtic game. And I don't know, what is it the sort of case of you don't want to take youngsters to that sort of game, as it is high profile and all the rest of it that comes with it, or did he just want a beer with his mates? I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, no, I I get why people probably don't take uh, young kids. And no, there is people that do, yeah. but that that don't take them at a, such a young age or whatever it may be. But um, but she enjoys going. Yeah, she she loves it. Yeah, she has she hasn't been. I mean. We um, the f- so when my wife's at work, I would usually get Gracie to sleep by singing her Rangers songs, and uh, the first that, that the f- would get that would get me to sleep very quickly. I'm sure it would. So if you, if you, <laughs> want, if you want to snooze anytime, but no, the the first one she she the first song she sort of knew was Sandy Jordan, Sandy and Royal Blue, and and that was and she knows them all. You know, um, and the correct words, of course. Uh, I know there's a few different change of words for some some people, but always yeah. the correct words. And she loves going. She loves Broxley Bar. She loves uh, 
she may not concentrate on the game as much because of the given a young age. But I definitely, you know, as I said, you know, I for supporters who travel from here, uh, getting up at five o'clock in the morning. Well, my wee girl gets up a lot of times at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> it doesn't phase her because she's just excited and on, on the supporters bus and stuff like that. But yeah, as you say, she has caught the bug, and uh, hopefully that will continue for many, many years and and longer as well. You know, and hopefully I'll I'll get her to game again sooner. Favorite favorite players would be Al McGregor and James okay. Tavener. And um, I don't know how long Greasy has left, but if he is the the pass on the the gloves at the end of the season, I would hopefully try and get Gracie over before the end of the season to see his last, one of his last games, if it is to happen. But no, she she loves the Rangers just like myself. Aye, but not the choice, by the way. Aye. <laughs> um... I mean, we'll give you a glimpse into what's going to come at the end, but I take it McGregor's a possible contender for the best 11. Uh, yes. A possible so contender. Don't give so too much he, away. Don't give too much away. He's a possible contender. The, okay. the best 11, the favourite 11, was very, very tough to choose from. And uh, I used many, many pages and, and changed, changed teams, certain players or whatever. I'm hoping a, a lot of people will agree with me and, and are happy with, with my choices whenever that time comes. But no, it was a tough one. A uh, great, great, great challenge, but a, a very tough one as well. I decided to be fair. So it's something like um, John and me both like to do if we've got fans on or guests on to try and like come up with like best 11s or best sets of side teams. But I gave you a heads up. I thought I'm not going to just spend on the Andy, even though you've heard us ask other folk. Yeah. I thought I'll give you a chance. So, see, I'm decent. I'm a good guy. Well, you are very kind like that, I must say. Hey, uh, for that, so... Especially um, Aberdeen fan. Aye. Aye. <laughs> aye. Yeah, I mean, I like when I grew up, so... And, I mean, I, it was us two that were going for it most of the time, Rangers and Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, but a good few times, and I was a young lad, I mean, uh, I will not uh, be shy to admit that I, there was a few tears. I was a young kid, because it was an era whereby we just kept on playing each other in cup finals... Um, the Skull Cup final that, that's the one that I always remember there was like this trilogy yeah eventually, eventually we got a win but um, the fixtures were always good they were always competitive they still are like despite of where yeah, the team is in the league but obviously you've had your your spell whereby you weren't as good as well we've had a long spell we have not winning trophies um, unfortunately but you do know generally if the fixture comes around it's going to be it's not quite an old firm, right? But there is a... It's got... It's it's one of the games folk look out for, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The and that's, that's supporters and players as well. And and I, I, I get a lot of things... I get a lot of people who say, you know, Rangers or Aberdeen's Cup final. And I say to myself, well, it's a big game for both teams. But... And, and as I said earlier, about teams playing their own way, it is a big game for Aberdeen, yes, but it's also a big game for... Every game for Rangers is a big game because being such a successful club and, and challenging for cups and titles, there is teams that want want to beat you and, and get that big scalp and whatever, but you're, you're saying there, given the rivalry and uh, the success the clubs had in the, the 80s and, and the early 90s and stuff, to challenging each other, 
that sort of has carried on. And and that's maybe why the games are so meaningful to, to a lot of fans and, and also to the clubs. I will look forward to the fixtures. It's one of the ones like when you get the fixtures out at the start of the season, you go, right, what's there? I mean, Ross, yeah. it, Ross it's one of the regulars. He loves to wind us up like John and me and goes, I but it's your cup final. Um, <laughs> because, but it is a bit like the whole form goes out the window sometimes. And you do, I mean, I, our record at Iverts in particular is awful. So I even remember, now you remember Siebel? Yeah. Now, I think Siebel scored about three goals for you. One of them was against our day. One of them, I was there, one of them was against us. I was like, that was how bad it was, I think, and Siebel scored against us. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, it's, a, it's an awful record. Aye, but... Well, I think up, up until, was it under yeah. Murdy, maybe, or Cushenia, that Aberdeen hadn't won at Ibrox since 1991. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was crazy. And then, yeah, we had the, the cup, it was a cup game, the pledges. Yeah. I think the same, the same season, Gerald's, and then Gerald's first season, we had, I think, we played seven, we played seven, seven times in Gerald's yeah. first season, I think it worked out, was it, a couple of ones each in three draws or something? Yeah. There wasn't even much in between the two teams. Um, so, and then it was the, the season we knocked out both cups, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I, the, the fact I, I actually had the League Cup semi-final that day as well, and it was one to forget for for myself. And I, I've never seen a player be offside as much as it did that day as Umar Sadiq. Oh, Sadiq! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the crazy thing about Sadiq? Um, you know how like Scottish football gets like folk talk down about it in terms of oh, it's not that great a league, not. See amount of players that end up going on to do really well other leagues, yeah, and get valued at like a lot of money, or players that have done well in leagues before, and they cannot cope with the Scottish game. Sadiq went, was it Partizan Belgrade he went to, or somewhere like that? That's he, right. was, he was getting quoted for like 30, 40 million to like English clubs, German clubs. You're thinking that cannot be the same player that we've seen play in Scotland. And see, see, just on that point, I'll, I'll name you another player, and given that. The Ranger, the Aberdeen Rangers connection there. James Madison scored a winning free kick against Rangers at Petodre. Yeah, and look how the player he's turned out to be. Not bad, is he? Aye, and the thing about Madison, I remember was obviously McInnes was manager at the time. Madison came in. We had Christie at the same time. Yeah, quite often Christie was favoured over Madison. Now I like Christie. Christie's a good player, but Madison, he has talent. You could tell. I remember one of the first games seeing him play. Um, went to Rugby Park at, um, against Kowarnik and there was a spell of play and I'm not kidding aside he not megged three players in a row now it's hard enough to not meg one player yeah he, and it was just like you were like this, you could t- I, I said um, and no word of a lie you could probably listen back on podcasts from that season you'll play for England yeah I, I, I said there's no doubt in my mind you'll play for England the four were like you sure? You could just tell the boy had natural ability. Oh, yes, yes, very good player. Um, so I uh, we've been we were kind of blessed to get him for that kind of spell we had. Um, you've talked about you've talked about some memories that you've had supporting Rangers in terms of maybe some of your favourites. Is there any we've not covered that would count as your favourite memories from your time supporting Rangers? 
yeah, there's there's a few, well, there's, there's quite a few, should I say, and um, I'll just run to them quickly. Um, uh, again, apologies in advance here, but the, the three <laughs> that were Dean, the win eight in a row, Gascoigne hat trick. I I knew that was coming up. There was no doubt in my mind that every <laughs> every see every Rangers fan that's ever been on the podcast and you have some favourite memories, that game will come up. Yeah. No, that that one obviously a great game for Rangers and, and the Glasgow and hat trick. The the two 0 win against Parma with Tony Fedmore and Claudio Arena scored. Yeah. Uh, they, I wasn't at the game, but the atmosphere even even on the TV and stuff was unreal. And and to beat Parma, who I think had won the UEFA Cup the previous season. Yeah. So see at that point, um, I think both both the home and away fixtures were like early kickoffs. Yeah. Because that. You hear stories about people like who were like either at school or at work having to leave early to go and watch it. If they if they never had a ticket, they were going home to watch it on the TV. Yeah. Um I think I think it might have been an Italian holiday or something for the away leg, and that's why it was it was like half one kickoff because I think yeah. I got it that day myself. I would have been a student, I think, at the time, probably. So I think that's why I would ended up watching it. Because you you did watch if Scottish teams in Europe are I'll tend to watch them. Yeah. And uh, another game which we've already covered, uh, the 3-0 title win at Parkhead in 99. Uh, the 5-1 win against Celtic and Ibrox in 2000. 5-1 on 10 or 12-1. Another time where we let let them off the hook. What season uh, was that also, again? What, what season? Uh, two, 2000 I think it was 2000-2001 Celtic won the league that, that season because that the same year that Celtic beat you Celtic hammered you as well didn't they yeah. aye it was a crazy season yeah it was a crazy season and I'm near sure Celtic won by a good bit that, that year uh, I actually think Celtic might have done the treble that season I think they may have that was Just when Marav I think it signed yes because Marav yeah, Something's like, first season and, and no, not Larson. Something's first season, definitely. Yeah, because everyone was yeah. like, "Who's this guy, Maravchik?" And then he mm-hmm. he showed who he was. Um, yeah. Um, going to Manchester in two thousand and eight. I wasn't at the game, but as I said earlier, just being within the city and your team getting the European final, uh, was was fantastic. Albeit the result wasn't the right one that we wanted. Um, four two win against Hibs in the championship at Ibrox 2015. Out with any Celtic game I've been to, probably the best atmosphere at Ibrox I've experienced. Yeah, Hibs game. It was, I think it was just after Christmas, and it was it was four two, and it was great, great game. You know, both teams go for it. Rangers obviously won the game. Um, the first time I've seen us beat Celtic being at the game was the Ryan Jack 1-0 win at Ibrox in 2018. It was obviously special beating Celtic and yeah. the first time I'd seen it. Uh, taking my daughter to a first Rangers game against Johnson, as is any game I'd take her to. Winning, winning the league in two th- last season and not being able to go to the games, which I actually think the last game was obviously against a certain Aberdeen. Uh, was <laughs> was a special day. Uh, Did that hurt a bit, like last year? Like after obviously everything Rangers have been through with 
and we will maybe cover it, we might not, maybe it's another yeah. time. Did it hurt the fact that obviously they've been where they were? Took their time to go back to where Rangers fans expect them to be. And no one could be there to see any of it. Well, give or take, there was the odd game that Yeah. But uh, it, it, I wouldn't say it hurt. It was strange. It was strange for everybody that, you know, out not just football but life in general and, and it still is some for some people and sometimes, but uh it's sort of you know because I've never I've actually never been to see Rangers lift lift the trophy, right? And all my time supporting Rangers, I've never been at a cup final where I've seen us win the trophy or or lift the league title. And that was obviously the chance that you know we won the league last season. It would have been great. Um, <sighs> it was disappointing, yes, but it was disappointing for all all people not going to everyday life things or things they enjoy but no it, it was it was strange it was obviously a, a, a celebrate a wee bit too much but um, it was bittersweet as well because yeah you weren't allowed you couldn't get to go to the games but to, to be to be at home and, and celebrate with my, my wife and my daughter and my good friends and, and other family members and stuff like that it, it was it was special as well so, so we know what the scenes were at George Square right here, which yeah. maybe shouldn't have happened, right? But they did happen, whatever. Uh, we're in Northern Ireland. Similar scenes anywhere, or was it? There was. There was uh, on the Shankle Road. There was a big screen for the game. And also there was like DJs and cars with flags out of them and parties, you know. It was just not not on the scale of George Square, but it was it was uh, well well planned and, and well celebrated. Not do you remember much about the day? Pardon? Do you remember much about the day? I do. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong. I had I probably had a few too many drinks, and you know I, I've waited a long time <laughs> um, to to see Rangers win win a league title again, but. I remember everything about about the day. Uh, it was just obviously we won it in March, and uh, we we got the league title on the last day of the season. But I celebrated the day we won the league. I uh, sorry when when Celtic drew with Dundee United and we, we were crowned champions. But what the day we got the title, I celebrated. And no, it was just it was absolutely brilliant. And going back, it was the first time. It's the first time I've seen my brother-in-law who who goes to the games with me. Has seen Rangers win the league, and the first time I've seen my daughter has seen win, Rangers win the league. So it was special for me, but extra special seeing them too. You know, celebrating and, and seeing their team win, win the, the league title. Were you all together as a family and your dad as well? Um, my dad wasn't uh, there that day. Uh, he actually watched it at home, but uh, my wife and I lived next door to my in laws, uh, so. They were they were in as well. My father in laws a Rangers fan, as as well. So yeah, it was it was just it was a great great weekend actually. Me and my daughter got our faces painted, and my wife actually had to go to work after the game, and I was I was playing seven side the next day, and it's in a it's in an area where you wouldn't really wear Rangers tops and stuff like that. So 
that's when I have to take the face paint off. <laughs> well, well, uh, <laughs> what, what was that right? I think I seen. I think I might have seen the photo actually, because um, I'm pretty sure where at, at the time of the Premiership preview podcast and thought, well, like, right, look, we need to try and get a Rangers fan, and the person we were supposed to have couldn't make it. And it's worked out well because you've been so good. Your previous appearances in tonight. Did you have like a wee 55 on your face? I had a 55 on one side and a sort of union flag on the other myself. Yeah, big dog. kid, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, I suppose everybody has to enjoy themselves somewhere. And I had a bucket <laughs> hat and, and everything else. And there was flags up in the garden, banners up in the garden. Are they down uh, yet? Pardon? Are they down yet, the flags? Are they still there? No, they're, they're down. They came down <laughs> at the end of July. But, <laughs> um, hopefully, there'll be more up soon. Touch wood, anyway. <laughs> Aye, fair enough. Um, just referring then to then, like the higher that, but then. Can, can I just, can I just mention one more time? Uh, was favourite memories of. Uh, was we, we beat Falkirk 4 0 on the 8th of November 2014. And. The reason that is a special day, as much as Rangers won that day, uh, I proposed to my girlfriend, uh, who is now my wife, Lauren, uh, in Ibrox Hospitality. Um, so that, that was a special time. But whenever you're in hospitality and you're about to propose and get down in one day and she said, what are you doing? Get up and sit down. Got <laughs> an engagement ring, you know. But no, that, that, that is obviously extra special and, and it was a big thing for myself, but also her as well. Aye, definitely. I mean, like, Erin, I mean, this ties in quite well with you being on. Erin loves our top five bears, but it's a different bears to the your top five bears. That was yeah. like, was that a top ten there, Andy? At least. <laughs> memories. Pick one, if you can pick one memory, I know I get, it'll be difficult for you, but one definitive memory. Oh, John! You have to. Well, it's, it's. I'm not. It, it's life or death. No, I'm not saying it's life or death, right? But it's kid on, right? You're only allowed one. As yeah. in, right? The way I'll do it is if you could only have that one memory stored in your head for the rest of your life. Which one is it? If it's one memory, and and I've I've obviously been to lots of games and I've seen loads of games on TV and I've seen us win cups and titles and all on TV and stuff it's probably the first time I've seen us beat Celtic whilst being at the game and it was the Ryan Jack 1-0 game in December 2017 and the reason as much as it was special to me for me being there to see us beat Celtic for the first time I've seen us beat them Having my brother-in-law with me, having seen the same thing. I mean, we sat, we sat previous seasons, um, you know, whatever it may be, fifty yards away, whatever it was, with Celtic fans, you know, having a laugh at us and all the rest of it. At on the end of five-one hammerings and four nils at Hamden and two nils at Hamden and and all the rest of it, it just makes it that much more special. And it's listen. I want to see Rangers win any game, no matter if it's friendly. Yeah. But beating Celtic means more in, in football terms than any other win. But yeah, probably the one nil uh, game 
uh, where it was the first time I've seen us beat them live. Yeah. And I think as well, we're trying to that, that again is a very, very tough question, but also a good one. Aye, I think again, if we talk about earlier about like the family, your dad, you, your wee one, yeah, sharing, sharing these memories with family is unrivaled. Yeah, uh, like for me, like uh, you go to football and you share them with them, your family. Like my missus starts going to Scotland games she's with me now, which I never realised she would want to go to. God help her. Uh, yeah, we're doing all right just now. Uh, and my, <laughs> my lad, like when we go to games together, whatever it is, whether it's my local team, it's Aberdeen, yeah. whatever, and you get that great result, or there's that cup win, or something like that. And but you're sharing it with other people, your family, yeah. your friends. It adds something extra. It definitely does, mate. And and I totally agree with you. And. I don't know, maybe I'm a wee bit guilty of this and some people might say that I mean, I, I go and I want to enjoy myself not just in terms of I have a couple of beers and stuff like that there but I want to enjoy myself but it means a lot to see other people enjoy themselves and to see Rangers win and, and my brother-in-law having a good time or my mates having a good time or my wife or my wee girl or whoever it may be just to see them enjoying themselves it means a lot to me as much as it means Rangers winning you know, as, as much as Rangers win, I'm sorry, it means to me. I definitely, I'm going to try and, like, seeing as you've mentioned Aberdeen a few times, right, it's time for me to delve deep into Rangers' banter years. Okay. And some hot, I'm not going to go on it too much, right, just for fun. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big, uh, not a big fan of the term banter years. It's actually cringy that Rangers fans use that, but I get why other fans would use that. Aye, aye, it's more a kind of, it's one of those, like, no, I, I understand. Type um, Right, who was the biggest failure as Rangers manager, Le Guin or Coutinho? Um, probably Pedro Coutinho. Uh, Le Guin had, didn't have the best times, but I also don't think he was given enough time and given the sort of, I'm not saying, you know, what happened to him wasn't right, but also the way he tried to come in and change the club and stuff probably wasn't a good idea either, but I would probably say Cushina. Yeah, I, th- I think if, yeah, I think if you think to the like when time, you could tell why he'd got the job. Yeah. He had a good pedigree. Well, he won six league titles in a row with Leo. But then he, you're coming off on either Rangers whereby, or maybe just football in general, whereby football in the UK was becoming more professional. And I know that sounds daft, right? Yeah, because football's always been professional in the UK. No, looking after yourself. Many years, but the uh, diet, nutrition, yeah. that's that and the other. But you always heard under Rangers when they won nine in a row, the team that drank together won together. But, yeah. but that was a more of time in terms of the nineties. That's what folk did. They, yeah, they, they went out, they enjoyed themselves to the full. But well, they did their job on the Saturday or whatever day it was. Like when comes in, he tries to change things. There was obviously a clash, prime warsaw with the Scottish players who are used to a culture whereby, rightly or wrongly, we go out a Saturday night, whatever, we enjoy ourselves. We yeah. maybe don't have the best diet compared to other countries. But the problem was, like, when in Ferguson class, that seemed to be, from the outside, the story. And I think it's been reported that that was maybe the case. It would have just been Ferguson. I think there have been other players there that were Scottish that were like what's going on and and player power is a thing definitely in modern well, definitely. football 
No, I agree with you. Um, things could have been handled differently uh, by players and and the manager. But you know that obviously that happened and it didn't work. It didn't end well for Luquem. I don't think it ever was, given the clash of personalities with the likes of I Ferguson, uh, with Chris Boyd, maybe, and, and maybe certain other players as well around that time. Um, right, your pal Aaron that you know well from the the podcasts, the yes. the preview in the mid season, right? She's got a few. You'll not be surprised at the first one, and it may have been covered before when you've been on favorite pie at the football. Um, not a big, not a big, uh, not really big into the pies at the football eating eating the pies. Uh, it would more be, and you just said about the diet. I would be more of a a keen rib supper pre-match. King rib supper. Local, at the local chip shop and a tin of iron brew, you know. Uh, pies, it's sort of basic, maybe. Uh, That's all right. If, it's, if you don't like pies, it's fine. But, but your football stand, king rib supper, is that a ritual? Or do you sometimes vary? Uh, my mate and my brother-in-law would say it's a ritual, yes. Now, uh, I think I've had one this season, which is pretty poor. I'm disappointed in myself, but uh, I I'll probably say you know, that, that would be the go-to before the games, a keen rib and a, and a, an iron brew. Andy, you better not tell me that you're getting a part lunch in that supporters bus. I do, mate. I, I make the sandwiches, so I do. I make the sandwiches for the brother-in-law and the mate and uh, tins of coke and stuff. You know, you need to keep yourself well fed, as I said. It's an early start job. What's your P-Spots? Right, what's in the P-Spots? Oh, it's, it's pretty simple, you know. As I say, I... I'm a bit like my football ability, simple and effective, you know, but uh, chicken or ham or corned beef, you know, just does the job. I like a bit of corned beef. Corned beef's one of those ones that divides opinion, but I've always liked corned beef. Oh, it does. It, it does. It's it's nice and, you know, it's it's only a wee warm-up before the 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 main piece for the, the keen rib, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, okay. This season, January, obviously, the big talk was when Ramsey signed. Do you think it was the right sign or not? Um, I, I'm not sure, John. To be honest, I, I would probably say the the way things have panned out, no. And my wife will be disappointed in that because she fancies him. For some reason, oh, I, but, um, <laughs> I mean, but he's, he's not a patch on you, Andy. Well, maybe not, but um, that's that's obviously why the podcast. Well, maybe this one is just sounds and enough videos going. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, what you're saying is, if we get Ramsey on the podcast, your wife will be tuning in. If we, do, if, possibly, we it, yeah. if we put it on YouTube, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I heard the rumours, I sort of thought. Oh, I don't know, is this true or not? And one of my mates is actually a, he's a Rangers fan from Wales, his Cardiff supporter. And sort of, he was excited getting them, and as as were other Rangers supporters. Was it overly excited? I, I don't know. And it's the same with Diallo as well. And I, and I mentioned, I know I'm going off top of a bit, but I mentioned it about in, in the, one of the previous group podcasts we've done, the other fans, uh, I thought Rangers signings this season weren't very good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Lundstrom is coming good now, and and he's 
he's been given time and, and that's the way players need to but um, again loan signings they're, they're not always committed because they're only there for six months or one year or whatever it may be so yeah. and then you hear today that Ramsey's out for Sunday or he's picked up another knock or whatever is he always going to be reliable I'm not sure yeah but, you know he, he obviously has the quality he has he's that he's a great player but I know he scored the other Sunday there against Dundee but has he done it enough for me no will yeah. he do it between nine and the end of the season. In all honesty, I don't I don't think so. I hope so, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I think from a, a point of view outside of Rangers, like everyone knows he's a good player. But yeah. we've known for throughout his career he does struggle to stay fit. The only time I really remember him staying fit was maybe a couple of seasons at Arsenal, where he was playing almost like a box to box midfield, like he was scoring goals, he was do he was doing well. And that was him. But see, every other season, there's always been something with him. Whether it's been because he started playing so young or just he's one of those players that's he picks up injuries easily. On paper, if he's fit, there's no doubt you sign him. But yeah, that's absolutely. the thing. It's if, if he's fit. And the money that maybe was spent there on wages, and to, I know they're not paying the full amount, but the, the rumours and who knows, we'll, we'll not know. You or me won't know how much, but there was talk Look, two, two million, million, two million, million. which could that have been spent more wisely? Yeah, um, I think it could have. Um, and again, there's the question of did Van Bronckhorst want him? Was it a Ross Wilson signing? Yeah, yeah, and it's the same with Ahmed Diallo as well. <laughs> again, we're never going to know until somebody comes out and says what actually was wanted or who by or whatever it may be, but. Uh, you know, as as we both know, and, and a lot of the other people know, he's a quality player, Aaron Ramsey. But you need to keep him fit, and that that and he, he hasn't been fit the whole time. And I know he hadn't played since October, and it takes the game, the game uh, fitness and stuff like that, their game time to get up to scratch. But I don't think he's sort of justified his his wage payment or. You know the, the wages we've sort of forked out for. Exactly, and especially when you look at the midfield area really, Rangers, I would argue would say that's maybe Rangers' strongest part of the team. Um, and you're looking at the back this season where Rangers haven't had a settled centre back partnership, which is something that you did have more so last season. I know Gerard liked to change in Europe. He'd have Hollander quite often yeah. playing the big games domestically. Maybe Hollander would play, but you'd maybe have. Golden Balogun playing, and you can't you kind of know where you are. You've got that settled centre back partnership, which I think any team that does well most of the time they've got that settled. You know, you've got your keeper, you've got your centre backs, you've maybe got your two midfielders, your striker. You've got that spine of the team. You know they're playing. See if you're if they're fit, they're playing. This season we just haven't had that. Yeah, we haven't. You know, as as you've mentioned, certain players there. I think Hollander. He is a good player, and I'm not saying he, he doesn't suit Rangers' style of play, but I think given Hollander, you know, his previous time in Italy, he's sort of suited to the slower game, and I think that's why European games suit him better. Yeah. Balogun and Balogun and uh, Golson, and, and even Bassey, when he played the centre half, sort of were able to cope a bit better. And I know Bassey's sort of been 
pushed out the left back and, and has done reasonably well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we ha- as mentioned earlier, we haven't sort of had the luck um, this this season, and then you do need a wee bit of luck, no matter what anybody says. You have you have to be good enough, yes, and you have to have the quality at times. But a wee bit of luck doesn't go amiss for for every team. And um, we've had some injuries, or we haven't had a settled eleven or team or whatever it may be. But yeah, it's it has been a frustrating season, and and I know it can it could well lead into a brilliant season or a disastrous season, whatever it may end up. But um, we've sort of been inconsistent, as you know yourself. Yeah, another. You know, all, all the Rangers supporters know, and, and other football fans know who have watched Rangers. It's sort of going from the high of last season uh, to the inconsistency of this season hasn't been good enough. But again, is that down to the transfer thing? And and also, is that possibly why Stephen Gerrard did leave? Who, I think who, it was. I think it was. I, I strongly think that it was as well. Um because we won't touch on it too much just now, but we constantly do hear there's still some finances like losses, and I think Gerard was quite old in January. There's no budget, yeah, and that's why a loan signing comes in. And I think probably Ramsey comes in. I think that's probably a a board member going right. I'll, I'll pay his wages as opposed to anything else. Um, the, but the thing I can't understand is when you're talking about Rangers having problems or we're talking about Rangers having problems at centre back. Suitors obviously on a pre-contract, just pay the half a million or whatever Hearts wanted for him. Now I know, maybe from a business point of view, a lot of clubs now go, right, we're getting our pre-contract, we'll just wait. But it's a position whereby Rangers definitely needed another player. But they've not yeah. done it, they've not done it. So it's I, I think that was a, a mistake. No, obviously it hasn't happened and I, I would agree with you to a certain extent. Um I think the thing which sort of uh, knocked Rangers off and, and stopped Rangers from bringing them in early was the so-called sell-on clause that Hearts were wanting. But, you know, get, given that we, we forked out the wages for Ramsey and Diallo and stuff like that, we should have brought John Sutter in because it was clear to see that we needed another centre-half in and, and cover in there. And, and I know Sugar has his injury problems as well, but... yeah. Um, listen, any player can get injured at, at any time or any game, but I think he would have added the strength and depth to the, the squad and, and in the defence, certainly. Um, so he should have, yes, been brought in early, I thought. Yeah. Aye. I, I think so from an outside point of view. and I would think in, in uh, the summer, regardless of what happens, whether you win the league, don't win the league, win three trophies, win none, There'll be big changes in recruitment in the summer, I think. Yeah, I agree. And um, it, it does all depend on what way the season ends up. But also, regardless of, as you say, if we win, whatever it may be, or don't, I think the, the squad needs freshened up. There's been players there uh, that have sort of probably seen out their time at Rangers and have hit their peak or whatever. But I think we need to freshen the squad up. And if that's selling some of the key players that we do get a good fee for or 
you know, revving out some of the squad players, which we did do in January. But we do need to add add some new faces, quality, and uh, most importantly, and um, that that could all lie down to however this season ends up, because as we know, the financial part of the end is quite high. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, automatic Champions League qualification for hopefully it is Rangers, uh, but whoever it may be, that it will give whichever team wins it a big advantage going into the next season or two or three. But also in terms of Rangers' point of view, I think it could lead to, I'm not saying a mass clear-out or whatever, but it could lead to players wanting to leave or having to be sold or payments needing paid or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think the, the thing is like it, uh, we all know it's a 30 million season. That's what it, yeah. they, they talk about those numbers. That 30 million maybe it like, lets you keep the likes of Aribo, Morelas, your players that are like regarded as marketable, still sellable assets. If you can keep these guys on the premise of, look, you've got six Champions League games guaranteed. Yeah. Right. See how we do, but then potentially you go, right, stay with us this season, play Champions League football, which helps their profile. And then you kind of go, in Scottish people, I think you sometimes have to say, right, you stay, but give us this, showcase yourself, and then we'll let you go January or end of the season. Um, but make sure you're you're getting your, your best money for them, because I, I, I don't know about yourself, but I don't think you'd expect anybody to stay forever at Rangers. I think no, definitely not. not um, so it's, it is massive this season it's probably the biggest season there's been for a long time I'm not sure if, if other Rangers supporters would agree with me but listen I know last season was massive and, and we we wanted to win the the league to the so-called stop the 10 in a row and all the rest of it and to get this the 55 but whenever Rangers were going to win the league next it was always going to be 55 anyway and last season yes we've done it in a great season but in my opinion this season is more important given, yes, we need to retain the title, but the financial game, as I say, and I've said time and time again to a lot of my mates and stuff like that, and and the automatic Champions League qualification, and it, as you said, could p- pin down the likes of Morel Osiribo, who knows, Golson, who's supposed to be, you know, asking for a bit more money or whatever, and, and also attracting other quality players to come to the yeah. club that's why I think the league is more important than a Scottish Cup or Europa League win or whatever it may be Aye because like, like it's that way in the summer if you can like sit by a player and say say a player's got two or three clubs to pick from and let's face it quite often in the past we've seen Rangers and Celtic fighting for the same players yeah. if uh, Van Bronckhorst or whoever Wilson whoever can go right we're in the Champions League Yeah. Players want to play in Champions League. Anyone that mm-hmm. nowadays the younger players they grow up, they want to play Champions League. Yeah, it's absolutely. just maybe it might only be six games, but you're competing for trophies. It's it's a carrot to dangle, and you say come here, do well for a couple of seasons, and a lot of players do want to come to Scotland and then go down south. But you yeah, get I mean, it, and then it boosts your profile as well. If you play in those sort of games, you're put on the big stage, so to speak. Yeah, for that. So I massive. Um, right, some other questions from 
um, people. So Ross, who's a fellow Rangers fan, this is a good one. I like this one. He's got two questions actually. Right, your favourite ever Rangers goal? Ooh, favourite ever Rangers goal. Aye. Um, uh, the Peter Lovencrans Stephen Heller to win the Scottish Cup final. Okay. Against Hamden two thousand two. Okay. Probably McCann's cross and the uh, Lovencrans Stephen Heller past Ralph Douglas. The game was going the extra time as well, so yes. Four seconds to go or something. So yeah, that's that's my favourite. Aye, and you you can't be a diamond header. No, you can't. Listen, uh, 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 yeah, it's, it's special, but I suppose any goal, I would take any goal against Celtic or any Rangers goal, you know, but diamond headers will be a bit special as well. Aye, definitely. Right, okay. Is other one, and that, I mean, that, I, I wish I'd asked that, thought that's myself. So, you have got a bar to yourself, right? But it's not just yourself, right? So it's your bar. We'll call it uh, Broxy Bar. Fair enough. Right. We'll, we'll no mention other, any other numbers or anything like that. We'll go for Broxy Bar, right? That's a safe name. So it's your bar, which means you can pick the guest list of who comes. Okay? Yeah. So this guest list allows you three Rangers players, stroke managers, that you can share the night with? Oh, that's a cracking question, by the way. Now, I'll allow you if you want dead or alive, or it's, it's up to you. And is it just either ex or current players or managers? Aye, so it can be anyone from Rangers history that you would want to... I'll, I'll, I'll alter it slightly. Anyone from Rangers history... Um, okay. that you could share just sitting the four of you beers whatever you, you can drink whatever you want doesn't need to be yeah. beers it can be blue wickets if that's your thing <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, uh, as I say that's an absolutely brilliant question um, and, I, and I know if I asked a lot of people would give the obvious answers and, and stuff like that for me and, uh, and uh, it's the same with if it was to pick one person to meet from Rangers history. Jimmy Bell would be the first one. J- Jimmy Bell was a popular guy, isn't he? When see, I mean, you're saying a, a night out with with these, these <laughs> people. You'd be there for years talking to Jimmy Bell. The, the stories that man must have, the services given to the club, you know, is, is absolutely fantastic. And just by yeah. highly is thought of. He's got that insight. He's got that. Like, he's like a fan that's like basically a player, isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. But if if I would love, obviously, I'd love to play for Rangers. Uh, if not a player, either the the kit man or uh, uh, I would love to be Broxy Burr. That that would be the dream job. You mean Broxy Burr? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you yeah, never know. Like maybe, maybe when Jimmy retires, possibly like, get your get your. This could be your shout out. This could be your advert for it. Like yeah, well, see, I see. I see they were looking for a grass, like a groundsman or a grass cutter, but for the training ground. But no, I'm not. My wife will tell you my grass cutting skills isn't the best. Like, but um, 
No, definitely Jimmy Bell. Is that because it's green? And the designs and all the rest of it. We'll not go into that. But um no, definitely Jimmy Bell, first one. Okay. He's not a player, have, he's not a player or manager. He's not. So am I not allowed to choose him? Well, we'll, we'll let you have one extra right, but go pick your pick three. Uh, players manager Jimmy you, you can have Jimmy as well if you want oh we need somebody to drive the bus but we're not does he not drink not when he's driving the bus no no oh, but it's your bar but he, he drives to the bar but leaves the bus there Aye, it's, your, it's, your, it's your own private bar proxy <laughs> bar like we've, we've created this bar like it's a fantasy bar fair enough I've met this I've met this ex-player uh, before in, in a Rangers bar funny enough in Belfast and again, I could have talked to him for hours. John Brown. John Brown would be definitely one you would get lots and lots of stories from. And be- potentially the best Rangers player not to get capped for Scotland. Yeah. Was he in Ferguson? Capped for Scotland? Yeah, well? Ferguson get some caps, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, then I definitely. Think talking about midfielder Ian Ferguson. Yes, the one from the 90s. Or 80, 80, 80, 90. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he got some kind of caps. Um, okay. But yeah, I would say I would say John Brown, the best non-cap uh, Rangers player. Not, or sorry, the best Rangers player not to play for Scotland in my time, anyway. I, you, I, it's Ferguson was one of those players that plays you got more caps, but actually he got nine caps. Oh right. Um, but he was in an era whereby Scotland were pretty strong for midfielders. Yeah. No. Um, so. Good player. Good. Like everyone will remember Ferguson and Decanio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I do remember that. Day Who's as passionate well. guys? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think. Uh, I think the Canio picked on the wrong man that day. Aye, probably in a way the Canio probably respected. Given, given Fergie was one of the locals, you know, he, he grew up just a stone throw away from Parkhead, but uh, I don't think anybody would miss get the better of Ian Ferguson. Yeah. Say. Um, so, like John Brown's there. Yeah, John Brown. Um, oh, as I said, it's, it's really, really tough. I'll go for Bill Struth as well. Obviously way before my time, but yeah. a successful Rangers manager. And and not just not just the uh, success, the traditions that he that he brought to the club and, and still is maintained by by the club in, yep. in certain ways, you know. Um so John Brown, Bill Struth and I would say uh, Moses Moses McNeil, one of the founding founding fathers of of the club. So I would I would probably pick Moses McNeil, just given that he, as I say, one of the founding members of the club. 
the questions I would have for for Moses as well. I think these are good ones because, like, see, always think of these situations. It's a bit like um, if you were doing the dinner party thing and you could yeah. get people. I kind of want to hear stories that I don't know as much about, as opposed to like guys that in this day and age you can find out a lot about players or people that are around this generation. Um, so I, I like those choices. They're a bit left field, but they're your choices, and that's a good thing. So, no, I agree. I agree with you. So, um, as we do when we've got fans or guests on, we finish with some slow-fire questions. Some okay. of them have maybe been covered already. Um, I had a wee pop there, um, so I'll do the first slow-fire question. Favourite beer? Or what's your beer uh, choice? Oh... Uh, toss up between Corona and Moretti. Uh, but see, in your Corona slice of line? Not at the moment, but yes, usually. Ah, it's good. You cannot beat a Corona on a cold, uh, not a cold day, sorry, a warm day. Corona, we bit of lime. I remember when it first came out and you're thinking, why are folk putting lime in the beer? Yeah. But actually, it works. No, it is. It's, it's a lot better with it. Do you know the reason why they do it? The Mexicans. Uh, one of the five a day. <laughs> one of the five a day. <laughs> um, it's actually it was originally to keep mosquitoes out. Right. Fair so enough. they they actually when they put the lime in, I don't know whether mosquitoes don't like lime or what they tend to do is, I think here people tend to shove the lime right in the bottle. Yeah. And with a lager, I think what they do they keep the the lime in the neck. Ah, that's right. Because it blocks like beasties and all that getting in. And it makes sense. I've been to Mexico a few times and most times you get a beer, there'll be a line with it, whether it's Corona or some of the other beers. Um, so, I, yeah, I like Corona. I like Moretti. And Corona, now you can get in draft a lot of places. Yeah. Which is good. So, is that reached Northern Ireland yet, Corona on draft? Uh, probably not the bars I drink in, but no, <laughs> probably here somewhere. And what are you getting in the bars you're drinking? What do I give them? Aye. Just in a bottle. You can't be fussy, John. Oh, aye, you still got a bottle, aye. It's not like, like, because like, like some of your old man bars, you like just get your Terence, your Carl, and McEwen's still. Like there's some bars I go to, you still see McEwen's lager. Aye, I, just reference. I mean, there's a Rangers reference if ever you need it. It, it is indeed. Uh, I've never actually tasted McEwen's lager. Um. I'm not missing out. You're not. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm, I'm so, so. <laughs> um, talking about Coons Lager, like, because obviously they did sponsor Rangers for a while. Yeah. Best Rangers kits, home and away. Oh. Um... And do you know why that comes in my head there? The Coons Lager, obviously. But I seen someone yesterday, Rachel Tops at older age. Yeah, someone was wearing the retro one. You know the one that was like the blue squares, like we tiny squares. Yes, they were slightly different shades. It was McEwen's Lager with the collar. I think at the button. I think it was eighty-seven, eighty-eight, or eighty-seven, eighty-nine. Yeah, decent top, I think. Yeah, I, I I've got it myself as a a remake. So I have it as a nice top. Uh, favorite home one. NTL. 2000, 90,000. The top we, we beat Parma in. Okay. So the blue with the, the V neck. Yeah, yeah. And it was 
Again, I probably get this from my dad, and I'm not a big fan of red on a on a Rangers shirt. Not too much red anyway, and that that was just blue and white. You know, I prefer a blue and white uh, home shirt anyway. So no, I like I really like that one. That would probably be one of my favourites. One of your favourites? Yeah. What about away tops? Away tops. I think most people would tend to go for a. Uh, a certain colour, but uh, the, one of the orange ones, especially the, the 0203 one, which I, I did love. Um, I'm not too sure, mate, to be honest. Away, away tops, as I do buy them. Um, not really. I wouldn't, wouldn't really have a favourite one. No, not a favourite. No, that's fair enough. Maybe, maybe the we the one we were, wore against PSG I think it was 2000, 2001 season. It was a white with red. It was like sort of wee bits of red and blue. White kit. It was all white kit. It was a white shirt anyway. Um, it, it was under Avocat. Okay. And yeah, I like that one, but it, would it be my favourite? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just see one that comes up quite, uh, it's been quite popular as when Rangers signed Haley. Yes. And you've got the sash, the kind of that Monaco had, because obviously you played at yeah. Monaco before. And uh-huh. I reckon they must have got that top based on Haley playing for Monaco. Because it was something different as well. The kind of diagonal red white. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, quite possibly could have came from Monaco or or maybe other reasons, who knows? Right, okay. So going back to this we a uh, private bar now. I know Eaton's cheating. Right, but you need a good meal, you know. If you've got these guys in your company, you'll need to eat at some point. Is it a blue nose burger on the menu for food? Uh, what's your food? A... What's your three course meal with these guys? Well, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna sound well, but it's my choice, I suppose, at the end of the day. But, ah, exactly. Uh, suppose you could have. Do you, do you only get one choice as a starter here? Uh, how? Well, depends. Are you not a dessert person? You want two starters, one main? No, I want a starter main and a dessert. Ah, I have three quarters. So obviously I want all three. Ah, three quarters, <laughs> but you want two starters? Uh, no, no. Actually, no. I'll just go for vegetable soup for starters. Vegetable soup? Just a, yes. a, a nice wee basic start, okay. Uh, <laughs> the the main I, I want to say it but it's obviously not going to go well after festival soup go for it go for it but just giving me sort of pre-match ritual would be a keen rib supper but <laughs> I don't know after festival soup I'm not sure if I can even stomach <laughs> is, this, is this just so you don't need to do any cooking I'd probably just get a little yeah. order then yeah we'll, aye, we'll aye. The, the chefs and stuff in the in the bar restaurant, but anyway, I was your bar, uh, so you say, I would yeah, want. absolutely. Oh uh, no, I don't know. Maybe a just like a roast beef dinner. Good roast beef dinner. I'm probably just going for a Sunday special here, you know. But uh, in terms oh, of right, actually, wait a minute. But if it's a roast beef dinner, what potatoes you having? Oh. Roasties. 
Bruce Matera's and Mas Matera's. Oh, here we go. Ah, you need I, I would even throw in Joshua Puddens as well. Just get the lot on. Ah, you know exactly. Ah, you'll need it. It's a full day. See if you've got any guys in your bar. You're, you're in there for the full, from open to close, aren't you? Absolutely. Right, okay. Dessert. Uh, jam, sponge, cake, and custard. Ah, you're not, do, you, do you know what I like, Andy? You're a simple man, a simple pleasure. Yes. Right. Absolutely. There we go. Okay. I mean, it takes a lot to please me in terms of watching Rangers or supporting Rangers, but in terms of food and stuff, just simple and effective. As I say, just like my football ability, just keep things simple. Simple and effective. Yeah. Why not? Right, why not? Okay, the showstopper, which I did give you, I was kind enough to say to you, right, this is a showstopper. You've heard other guest specials. Sometimes you do sits aside teams I am probably going to regret the fact I gave you an 11 aside team because we're about two hours, 20 minutes. This could end up being the longest podcast we've ever done. But we'll go for it, okay? So we're going best 11. Um, before we start with the best 11, I never said this to you. Who's your manager? Manager? Uh, has to be Walter Smith, just okay. given the era I grew up in. Yeah. I mean, obviously, all the great managers, the likes of Alphacat, McLeish... Uh, but it has to be Walter Smith. Okay. Um, and I know we were kidding on when we were talking about this off air. Tactics board out, manager's jacket on. Club tying up. Club tying. <laughs> Club tying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, write, it, write it down paper, like chucking it out. Oh, no, I know that one. In the bin. Basketball shots yeah. in the bin. But, right, best 11. Watch your formation, first of all. Uh, four, three, one, two. Four, three, one, two. Right, okay. Oh, right, okay. I'm interested to see then see what happens here. Based on what you've said so far about some of your favourite players, I'll be interested to see what you come up with. Right, okay. Although what there was, there might have been a few spoilers earlier on. Okay, numero uno, number one. Number one is Andy Gorham. You're going for go to I. Yeah. I think I think that was the definite, you know, given obviously probably as I say, I've, I've seen numerous videos and stuff like that. Chris Woods was a great keeper, maybe just before my time of yes. no one at the time. Uh, obviously Stefan Kloss, another great keeper. Al McGregor, who's been fantastic for the club as well. But I think I have to go for Andy Gore. I I don't think many folk would argue with that. Um, right back right back is going to throw yourself possibly and, and a lot of people positional wise but he did play right back for a while if I can remember and the captain of the, the team Richard Goff yep yeah I remember him like I think for when I was growing up I think I remember him playing initially at right back more than playing centre back and then it was I think you'd probably like centre-back. Centre back. Possibly Spurs, but definitely Dundee United, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Aye. He's your captain? Yeah. Yeah. Left-back? Left-back, someone you would know very well, David Robertson. Um, we've had him on the podcast. Um, yeah. It was the most nervous I have ever been doing a podcast, because I was a young fan when he moved from Aberdeen to Rangers but prior to when he moved 
he was one of my favourite players. And then obviously you see the documentary, the Indian football, and yeah. his persona on that compared to what he's actually like as a, a pair, like a, not saying a normal person, but away from football, could not be any different. Humble, um, nice guy. He's a nice guy on that as well. He just he likes a swear word, which I do. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact it was like a childhood hero, like to speak to him, like that's like pinch yourself stuff. Um, oh, top, I'm top, top player, like yeah, he definitely was. And, and as I say, growing up, I, I was young when he when he made the move from Aberdeen. But obviously, you know, he was a very good player at Aberdeen as well. But obviously, the team he played in with Rangers, but. Robertson himself as a player was very consistent. Aye, definitely. Um, who's your, your centre-back pair then? Uh, so obviously I had to put Richard Goff at right back. Um, Davy Weir. Okay, yep. Who who was a great a great uh, captain for the club and, and also a great player for the club who came to the club, as you know, at, at a later stage in his career. And at times... Stood out as a as a main player, you know, as as if he was playing for the club for years. Uh, he was a fantastic player, and the made other other centre- players look better as well. I think. Yeah, he did. Back he, his pay, like his partnerships. Yeah, not not just at Rangers, but also uh, in his time at Everton as well. I would say. Um. Yeah. So daily wear as the centre half alongside John Brown. Absolutely love. I love you know. I loved all these players with, within the team, and that's why I've picked them because I love them, but also because of their ability and and the service they give to the club. Uh, John Brown was for me one of the guys who was Mister Rangers. You know, a Rangers supporter. He probably wasn't the best ability wise, but he always gave one hundred percent at the club. Aye. You know. And, He's one of those, when you talk about footballers from back in that era, and like a kind of cliche term, he would run through a brick wall, or he would kick yeah. the granny, or kick, he would he'd do what he want, he'd do what he needed to, to make sure that you got the result. Definitely. No, he, he definitely was, and uh, not just as a player, he was he gave tremendous service as a coach in the reserves team, and uh, also fought the corner of the fans uh, in the darker days as well. So yeah, Weir and Brown as uh, the centre halves. Okay. And you're going three in midfield. Yeah, the three three in midfield uh, would be Ian Ferguson again, another another uh, true blue as well. Uh, again, ability wise, probably not the goals who are midfield that everybody wants to see, but always as you as you just mentioned about Brown there, just would run through a brick wall for the club. And his teammates as well. Aye, it's a bit like earlier on when we were talking about players you need in your team in that midfield. You need someone that's going to just fight every battle. Yeah. And give it and but not I think he's one of those guys that he had that in his game, but he also had ability. I think Yeah, he did. He he could play a pass, he could he could score goals. Um but he was just all all round a, a great player in my opinion. Yep. And uh, the next one would be Stuart McCall. You know, a great, great footballer all round again. He was brilliant at Everton. Yeah. 
and, and also at Rangers. Just, you know, I mean, he, he would have played in defensive times with midfield, strolled around, a brilliant player. I know, he's a player I always admired when he played for whatever club it was or played for Scotland. Yeah. You knew that he's, you know, you get these players that they always say is like, every game he's going to be a minimum 7 out of 10. Yeah. Which is good. 7 out of 10 is good. Yeah, it is. The goal's always going to be at least a 7 out of 10. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then the final midfielder of the three would be Paul Gascoigne. Uh, I know he wasn't, I think he was at the club three and a half, four, four years, maybe. Um, but a, a tremendous footballer, you know, as, as we both know, and, and all the people who will be listening, you know, one of possibly the best in British football. Def, definitely in my in my time anyway. Uh, Gascoigne, I know, and um, we all know he had his problems off the field and, and stuff like that, which did come on yeah. to affect some performances and stuff, but a fantastic footballer and a, and a great player for Rangers. Who's it? Who's the toad in the hole? Uh, another fantastic footballer uh, and, a, and another great player for Rangers. And uh, a guy who scored uh, one of the goals in the first game, what was that? Brian Loudrup. Probably could do anything with football, to be honest. Just uh, tortured defenders any time I've seen him. You know, probably one of the best players I've, I've seen play for Rangers. That that goes with Glasgow and Anlauter. Aye, and there's obviously the famous uh, Jim White loved Brian Loudrup. Yeah, and <laughs> you can't really blame him. <laughs> he, he's one of those, I think he's one of those players, like you look at either side of the divide and there's certain players that uh, Rangers fans won't like of the opposition, Celtic fans, vice versa, but yeah. everyone in the game could appreciate his talent, uh, yeah, his ability, definitely. and he was a type of player that got bums on seats, or bums off the seats, I should say. Yeah. No, he definitely was. Uh, as I said, I was fortunate to see him live at games uh, quite a few times, but just some of the displays he put in not just for Rangers, although closely play for in Denmark, but what he'd done at the club during the, during the time he was there was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Right, so you've got a front two. I could maybe guess who it might be, but you've had a lot of good strikers over the years. Yeah, we have. We have indeed. And, uh, and I know you just said you'd probably guess. I think it is the obvious pairing of McCoyston Hitley. McCoy's being, you know, my hero as as a player and, and as a manager. Oh, I don't think the time was right, and I don't know, don't think we we'll have the time to discuss all that. But you know, he he gave the service he could and, and done his best. So the uh, the way the club was at the time, but I absolutely loved McCoy and the goal the goals he scored was oh unreal for the club. You know, at, at all levels. Would you class him as Mr. Rangers from the modern era? Like, if you look at 90s onwards, is he Mr. Rangers almost? Uh, yeah, I, I, I would I would say so. As well as the likes of John Brown and Ian Ferguson. But yeah, I'd probably put McCoyst as, as number one. 
And um, Big Hitley, you know, is a different type of player. And I think that's probably why McCoyce was so good. Because Hitley sort of done the dirty work, you know. He was defensive player's nightmare. Yeah. He could, he could probably not play in today's game. And I'm not saying he was a dirty player, but the, the physicality and the strength yeah, he had. Yeah. You know, I think the, the six in a row season where McCoyce was injured and Italy uh, carried us a lot of the time. The, the goals he scored, the, the link-up play. He, he wasn't just a... A, goal, uh, a target man, he was runs outside the box, defending everything. He had, he had everything, you know. But he was a fantastic player. So yeah, that's that's my Rangers eleven with Walter Smith as the manager. And as I said to you, John, before uh, it was a, fe- a very great uh, question, but a very very tough one to choose. And then maybe there is a lot of obvious choices there for people. But to me, that's my favourite and, and best eleven. Rangers in my it's time. Side. It's a good side. I think as well, like, see when you think about Hately, and um, some folk thought he was target man, he was like, McCoy's was playing off him or Johnson or whatever, who it was, yeah. but you consider that Hately was playing for like Milan, maybe at a time when Milan weren't quite the best team in Europe, but he played for Milan, played for Monaco, he played continental football, he, he had a bit about him. It wasn't yeah. just that he was that big guy that just Dominated centre backs, which you don't get as much now. It's yeah, it's missing from the game. I think it is. I don't think, as I say, and you know yourself, I don't think it would be allowed. You know, there's not much physicality and challenging from set pieces against defenders or goalkeepers or whatever it may be. But now he was definitely suited to the area he played in, and he was a great player. And, and he still got two nightmares of that infamous gate, infamous day where we just needed a point. Um, I think that was the worst thing to happen. I think it's one of those things I always think, see, when you just need a point, it, it messes with players' minds and managers as well. Yeah. See, when you know you need to go out and win, that, that's what football is about. See that? Yeah. Playing, for, playing for a draw. And sometimes it's all right. Like, I suppose, like, maybe... You're a week, we're talking about uh, Rangers in Europe this season. 3 0 win, home leg. If you get a draw, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But when it's a one off fixture and two teams are going for it, we said earlier about Rangers Celtic, it probably won't happen. That last day decider, that marketing moment for some no, football. I um, so, aye. Do you want subs? Shrug it. Did you? If you, if you, um, oh, or shall, shall we just I didn't really go for the subs because I thought it was stuck to 11. I didn't even think we were getting a, a management, a manager out of it, but uh, Aye. maybe we should just not give you the subs because we've what we are, we're like 90 minutes, extra time, penalties, <laughs> and maybe a replay. I think we've uh, managed tonight, Andy. So, as I said at the start, a pleasure having you back on. Um, much as we support teams that dislike each other. We both respect each other as passionate football fans, which is what it's all about, um, which has been shown in the other appearances that you've had on. We just are passionate about our teams. No, listen, thank you very much. Um, I really, really appreciate you having me on as a fan special, but having me back on anyway, uh, it means a lot. 
and I enjoy the opportunity I get to come on and speak to yourself and the other guys. And as you just said, I mean, I, I love the Rangers and, you know, I am passionate and probably at times too passionate and stuff like that. And it gets to us all. But at the end of the day, everybody supports their own clubs. And, um, you know, you, you may not agree with people's opinions or views at times, but it's important to uh, to respect them as well. And, and in terms of the, the, the football side of things, and that's and as I say, we all forget that sometimes, but yeah, it's, it all comes with, uh, it's all part and parcel supporting a football team or supporting your club or whatever it may be. But as I say, honestly, I really, really appreciate this opportunity. No, like it was, it was tremendous. Um, and I was keen to get you on for, for a while, um, doing the fan special, and we'll be back on for the, the end of season special. You, you're well, coming on, regardless well, what happens, you're coming on, <laughs> you're committed to it, right? Yes, uh, no, I, do, I do promise I'll be back on, right? Okay, um, so yeah, thanks again, and I hope everyone enjoyed listening to the Oh, wait a minute, actually, I have forgotten the sponsorship paid advert. Now, I missed a trick earlier when you were talking about not cutting the grass that well. Oh, you didn't, David. So, let's go for something, a wee spin on the cutting the grass, right? Andy's grass is blue. It's not green. Or is it green? Uh, Depends. It's it's usually blue, just given the specs I have on. Usually blue tender ones. (laughs) <laughs> the specs, the John, the John Lennon blue specs, aye. So, <laughs> as we've got a Rangers fan well, on tonight... I was going to say the, the Andy Cameron ones. The Andy Cameron <laughs> Right, okay, right. So, um, tonight's advert and paid sponsorship, obviously Manscaped, everyone knows, um, they give us 20% off free shipping for any listener following the podcast, um, SFF20. So, if you want your garden to look better and it's it's coming up to spring so the grass will need cutting because it's overgrown it'll start to overgrow you'll be in a situation it's going up for summer holidays you do not want stray grass coming out the shorts do you no you do not man and i don't know if this is allowed to uh mention mention other programs or whatever but i mean uh, if you're if you're going by the likes of the, the Troy the Gardener aspect sort of things, <laughs> you you may need to maintain what you have. Exactly. So, um, what is it they say? Don't let it grow, let it show. That's what we're going for. Now, if you want, and you are of a persuasion, you could put because you can get precision trimming. You could. Get a Rangers crest maybe down below for in time for Sunday. <laughs> like, maybe very, very intricate. Maybe a wee Rangers crest or what, what else could we go for? Uh, 55. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not too sure, mate. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got your lost one once the first time tonight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you right. have, you have indeed. So whatever you want to do, you can do precision trimming, make it neat, make it make it tidy, 
It's getting warmer as well. You don't, no one wants sweaty balls. No, you don't. You don't want yeah. sweaty balls. So let it air. Get a good design. Remember, it's you can use it in the shower if you want it. It's not 100% waterproof, but get it down. Lawnmower 4.0. You've got a weed whacker, which is not something that you do at the weekend with a bong. It is actually for your nose to get the, the weeds, the nostril hairs out the nose. Get the body deodorant, freshen yourself up, and you too will have balls smelling as good as Ali McCoy's. Yep, it's good shout. So uh, we'll finish on that note. Again, thanks, Andy, and we'll we'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much, mate. All the best. Cheers, Andy. <laughs>